So welcome to the next episode of the Real Roadmap podcast. Today's guest I have wanted to talk to for some time now. Um, I've been following what he's doing for many years. He's been a bit of an infamous name around our local town of Northampton. But today's guest is none, none, oh shit, fuck, all the way to the end. <laughs> all the way to the end. Stuart, you can cut that bit, can't you? Yeah, roll yeah, fuck a tosser. Um, he's the infamous Daniel Granger. So, Dan, how are you, mate? I'm good, Liam. Thank you for having me here. Good, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we've just rabbited for like five, ten minutes before, just about what I was hoping to sort of extract from your yeah. brain. Um, and I've been watching what you've been doing over the last few years. Well, in, innately, I've kind of had to watch what you're doing because of the profile that you've built around the TV stuff. and But also... The, the healing work that you've been doing as well, which has been really, really interesting to me. I'm sure we're going to dig right into that sort yeah. of stuff. But firstly, like, how are you? How I'm are good. You? Yeah. Do you know what? I've heard for, for a long time, yeah. those words are authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I've had to work hard at that. Yeah. And where, what, what, what's made it so hard to work on, on that, that thing for you? Doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work that was needed. Okay. Always procrastinating about it, and just life in general. Mm-hmm. You've got to get up. You've got to go and do that. You've got to. You've got your duties. You've mm-hmm. got your father duties. Your work duties. The stuff that you've put out, and you can't give up on that. You've got to operate, no matter how you're feeling, more what's going on in your life. You still have to show up and put that mask on. Mm-hmm. And that for me was that was exhausting. Yeah. So I knew I had to work harder than the exhausting work to get to where I wanted to do. Yeah. I knew what I had to do. I knew what was in front of me. Mm. But I just kept putting it off. Right. And that would be a consistency of, you know, of achieving whilst feeling unwell. Okay. And hiding that. Mm. And any time that I got a sense of a high, I loved that high, Mm -hmm. that endorphins. Nine times out of ten, it wasn't on my lows that I self-sabotage. I'd self-sabotage my highs. What does self-sabotaging look like to you though? Because again, this is a great idea because outsidely, let's say, the way I would see you is you've got everything, all your ducks stacked in a really nice row, yeah? yeah? So then, yeah, of course. But the, the, this, the, the element of sabotage, like, what does that look like to you? What do you- um, for me, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Okay. Uh, a diagnose because I needed someone to help me take action this time. Sure. And they said it was like, okay, so you've got a pendulum and uh, one side is harmony and this side is conflict and you swing between them. And this has really made sense, my bipolar. Mm-hmm. And they called me extreme bipolar because I was extremely high or extremely low. Mm-hmm. There was never a soft approach to it. You're either there sure. or there. And I'd, live, I'd go up into harmony and harmony would, I didn't feel comfortable because up there I'm not achieving. Mm-hmm. you know that's contentment yeah, yeah. so I'd swing it back into conflict where I'm more comfortable because mm-hmm. that's what suited my whole life to give me the driver to where I'm going to go to Yeah, and then I'd swing back up there can't stay there too long back down there and self-sabotage is, is drugs 100% mm-hmm. alcohol self-doubt you know all of these things and, and not loving yourself is self-sabotage I hate my like the way I talk to myself was horrendous yeah if I spoke to my best mate like that, I would have no friends. <laughs> yeah. So I'm falling out with myself consistently. Mm. And then I'd go and chase the high again. I'd, I'd do something incredible or I'd achieve something in business or in family or in life, uh, just little goals. And I'd set up that goal, congratulate myself. What do I congratulate myself with? 
drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, my body can't do this anymore. And the drugs stop working. Yeah, yeah. It's like that song, isn't it? The yeah. Drugs don't yeah, work. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't, they stopped working on those highs. As a kid, it was all right. But as an adult, you, you, every single day means something to me. So having a hangover for three days after doing a celebration, I'd go and win an award and then spend most of the night just off my nut. Because I've won, I've said grat- gratification, right, self-loving, yeah. like, and yeah, keep yeah. that high. And then for a week after, it was it. It was it, rubbish. So I knew that yeah. was part of the work I've got to give up. Right. Well, you see, for me, like, it's similar in, in, in a sense, and it's, and, it's, and it's humbling to hear you say that because I identify with that massively because drinking drugs was really part of my culture. I mean, you'll remember the ghost days, you know? Yes. The culture of drinking drugs was very prominent. And that was the way that, that we lived as young people coming up in the world. Um, and because the world is geared to, we drink when we're sad, we drink when we're happy, we party when we're, you know what I mean? It's always culturally relevant to do something. It's Christmas, it's like bank holiday, it's just any day, yeah. whether we're going to a funeral, what are we doing? We're getting off our heads. If we're going to a wedding, what are we doing? Definitely getting off our heads. So that nature, when, when you get to a point, what I found was in order to change how I felt, I deeply disliked myself mm. for the same reasons that you felt, which was like, I couldn't talk to myself in any other way. I was constantly letting myself down on a daily basis. And because I couldn't honor my own wishes to myself, it made it easy for me to hate myself mm. and because I was, I wasn't instructed on how to communicate with myself and I was communicating with quite poorly on the outside. That's my narrative. You're a fucking idiot. You're a loser. What are you doing? You can't do this. And then I'll go and build something beautiful, create something and then rip it down mm. because I couldn't stop. Cause I couldn't change the way I feel. That thing didn't change me. It's like you didn't deserve it. Yeah. Nah, but you know, technically I didn't. Like I could spin the plates. I could make it look all right. Mm. But secretly I'm sniffing every day, mm. every day. Mm. And that was like, A, really expensive. <laughs> but also B, like my spirit had left me. Yeah. I had nothing. There was, I was a shell. I was a costume of a man. Um, and it's, and it's lovely. To, it's not lovely to hear, but there's that identification there that a lot of people will get from this conversation. It's like, oh, there's more of us. Yeah. We yeah. are the same. Yeah. Secret or not, whatever industry you're in, whatever job you're doing, that thing exists. Yes, yeah, and it's, 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 it's someone people's dirty secret. Yeah, man. But at the same time, it's everyone's there. Everyone's everyone's doing it and waiting to get away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I still see my some of my friends now like mm-hmm. partying, and I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, like you can't keep existing for that. There's more to life. Why more? That's the search I went on for. What is this? Like, yeah. Why do I keep going there? Mm-hmm. Why am I smoking weed every day to get away from my own self? And then it was like, right, what have I got to do? Mm. Because I became so unwell, so suicidal. And both, you know, both my father and brother killed themselves. And that, that for me, it was never going to be me. And then it was me. And I've got, you know, I've got three children and two grandkids. And for me, that was last, it's only November. So amongst all this success on the provider of the outside, you never know what's going on in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I was quite open about it, started talking about it, got into like men's groups. And I knew the work that, but I kept going back and falling back yeah. and falling back. But I was always taking steps forward. Yeah. 
um, and then the suicide that came with all the all of these things of that you don't like about yourself, and they stick harder. Yeah, and the things you do like about yourself. Yeah, um, and then I think one heavy night, just then it wouldn't switch the thoughts off for a long time, and daily I was having these negative thoughts of suicide. I, you need to kill yourself. Like I'd be driving up the M1 to go and collect my son and I'd be thinking of driving off just, and there's a fort. Yeah. And then those forts became so exhausting, so tiring that mm. I just went, I need help. I tell you what, getting help is the hardest thing. First, the hardest thing is actually telling people because it's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, you, this guy who's on TV, the guy's got this business, the mm. guy's doing all these things, it looks good and, mm. you know, showing his smile and beautiful girlfriend, wife yeah. and her family. And then actually inside you're just sad. Yeah. So I, I went and got help. Um, and if I didn't have the money, I'd probably still be waiting for that help. That's the sad thing. Yes. Yeah, terrible. It's yeah. the, 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 the feelings that you had, you're fortunately in a position to, to fund your way out to a degree. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, at the time when I got myself sorted, I didn't have the money behind me to do it in the same way you probably did. Mm. But you know, there are metrics to, to doing it. And one thing that <clears throat> I hope you might be able to agree with, I don't know. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the first thing is the willingness. Yeah. Like I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop making a mess of my life. I'm going to stop disrespecting everything I've built mm. for me. Mm -hmm. I did this and now I'm doing this mm. to me mm -hmm. and them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for me to unwind that is the, the pain and the guilt that you feel for doing it, the shame and the guilt for your entire past. Because I know every horrible, disgusting, unloving, unkind thing I've done or felt. Mm. All the deceit, the, the sneaking around, the getting the drugs, not telling anyone, the, the, oh, I'm just tired today. And you know, you barely slept. It's like <clears throat> the vulnerability comes from actually saying, do you know what? I'm fucked yeah. and I'm terrified. And I'm too ashamed to tell anyone. Yeah. And when you get to that space, it's almost like everything can drop away. Now, the key I found, I don't know if this is the same for you, maybe, maybe you can share your experience with us, but I had to let go of the blame. Mm. Like, whatever I've been through, every part of my life I've been through, mm. it's done. If somebody's harmed me, something bad's happened, Somebody's done something that's really, really traumatized me. Mm. So my acceptance of that over time, it's not just like, okay, I accept it. Mm. Over time allows me to move away from it and forgive myself and forgive them. Mm. They're the two things that really struggled for me. It's like forgiveness and forgiving myself. Mm. What do you think? Is there anything along those lines that mm. impacted you? Forgiveness is a big thing for me. Mm. I was taught to forgive. And I always thought that would be quite healing. But the truth of the matter is that some people do not deserve forgiveness. Uh -huh. They truly not. I'm not letting you have that. Okay. I'd rather live with that. Really? Yeah, I'd rather live with not forgiving you. Um, it's a big thing. Like, you know, if um, I was, you know, sexually abused as a child. Okay. I can't forgive you. That's fair. I cannot forgive you. That's completely fair. And I'm not going to forgive you. No, of course. Justice will. There you go. They'll forgive you. You know, God will forgive you. How have you got peace around that, if you don't mind me asking? How, because like if you, if the, the, the concept of forgiveness is 
it's almost like I could never do that, which is mm. completely fine. Re- okay. Completely reasonable. Yeah. How do you separate from the the trauma? How do you like walk away from it? It's the energy that you carry with that. Yeah. The memory of the energy. Mm. It's, it's the memory and then you've got the emotion. For me, and there's an energy to it. So where does that, where do you feel that energy? Mm. Where did you trap it? Where, where's the trauma? So energy for me, energy, emotion, emotion. So the E stands for energy. And it's that energy that's attached to um, the memory. I I had help taking that away. Yeah. Separating the two. So I'd still have the memory, but not the emotional attachment to it. Now how I did that, I went and got some um, energy therapy. Okay. Literally I was, he said, right, go back to that memory because it would haunt me. Yeah. Every year. And the, actually the memory was my father killing himself. And it was Christmas day when he died. So I know it's coming. And every year I'd, I'd make this dream up. And it was the same dream since I was eight years old. And it would come. And here we go. Here's the winter. So I went to this energy therapist and he explained this. Yeah. There's a memory, Daniel, and it's locked with an emotion that's keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to get you to go back to that memory. And we're going to detach the emotion within a click of his fingers. I could remember it, but I couldn't feel it. And then I thought, well, if he can do that, I can do that myself. Yeah. Detach, detach yourself. But in a ceremonial way, if you do a ceremonial way, everything I've come down to is a ceremony of I'm sitting here with my space to do the work for that job. So the first one, you know, to, to think about my uncles as they um, took me through the sexual abuse, what was attached to that was shame mm. because I sat, I sat in a group of men and we, we, were, we were very vulnerable in this group. And I started talking about the sexual shame that that carried with me. And I said, do you know what it is, guys? And I'm going to say it quite frankly in front of you all. Did any of you actually like it? Is that the pain? Because you liked it. And they were like, I've never looked at it like that. Well, I have, because it didn't hurt me. I loved it. Because that was love for me. And um, trying to just empty and figure that one out. Yeah. That, it was so much to unpack. But, you know, just by saying that out loud, it's actually the, the love that I'm ashamed of. I loved the man. And when they went away, I missed him. Because it was like, I was only like, you know, six years old when they started kind of doing their things with me and stuff. But yeah, it was like, I liked going around there. Oh, you're going to Uncle Thingy. I won't mention his name. No. He's in court at the minute. Oh, bless you. <laughs> the funny is going, but I figure this one out. Figure this one out. Okay. So I wanted to do some work with this to see if there's any of that left in me. And because it didn't hurt then, I didn't feel ashamed. I only got ashamed when I was older and it, I, was, I just told someone about it. And I went, you know, that's really bad. I'm like, is it? Mm. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And yeah. you learn sexual, uh, when you go through school and stuff, and you're not, I'm not actually attracted to men and some no. men used to do that and whatever. Um, but the, well, I went on this spiritual journey and I found his spirit. And his spirit asked me for forgiveness. And I said, no, no, you can have that. A week later, he's dead. And I was like, and I've literally gone this year to go into court. And his, I met his spirit in the plane, whatever, this Harry Potter stuff you want to say. I felt him. I met him. And he asked for forgiveness. I didn't give it. 
So he died with that. That's how I go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Now, firstly, like I appreciate you sharing all that stuff with me. Yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's a big thing. Um, I couldn't conceive what that may have been like, but there was something you mentioned there, which is like the unpacking of like you, you something complex to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. And the range of emotional damage that we take from these things, mm. we're too young or unconscious, even as adults to even understand. And when you talk about this Harry Potter shit, mm. I am into it. Mm. Okay. Like my, my healing journey has been very Harry Potter. Like, um, and the, the beautiful thing that you shared is like, you had to go and, and the spirit asked you for forgiveness. Mm. You're like, no, no, that's to realize firstly, that's okay. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Cause you, you, you as a spirit in this body get to choose your free will. And that's your thing. You chose that. And I d identified with that a lot yeah. because there were things that I've experienced in my life and I won't go into too much detail, but there are experiencing experiences and feelings that I felt. Um, I was scared a lot and I was very scared actually. And I just wanted love. And it was like, similar to you, like the admiration, the love that was there and to be scared or harmed by that love, mm. but still wanting to be like, it was like the most important thing to me. Mm. And my healing came from two things. So I was in a ceremony. Well, when you say the word ceremony, it's like, it means so much to me because mm. life is a ceremony, man. And like you have to choose your path through all things, all situations. And, um, you know, I, I had this ceremony and I was having a really hard time, like through three or four. I don't know if you sat with ayahuasca. I sat, I've done a few ceremonies this year, but the last three were awful, mm. like horrible. Made you do the work. Horrible, yeah. like horrible. And, um, a lot of purging, but it was all energy and it was all stuck and it was all down here. Like on my third ceremony, it like stretched me out yeah. and I was like throwing up into a bowl, but there was no sick coming out and it stretched me right out and I could feel it coming up and then it came out and it was like the tiniest bit of sick. It was black, yeah. black. And then um, I knew what it was and I was like, I cried my eyes out. I was like, it's done. And then I sat up and I was like, I, there was a woman in the ceremony, um, a beautiful lady called Niagara. She's incredible. And I just, I, I, she, she was off doing her own ceremony one-to-one -one with herself. So she'd gone and done her own one and then she integrated with us. There was a few of us in the room. She came in and I didn't, I couldn't see her, but I leant around and I knew she was there. And I, at that moment I knew I needed a woman. Mm. So I asked her to come over and she said, what do you need? I said, just be here. And she, she just grabbed me. me. She, she hugged me and like the, the, a cry came out of me. It was so deep and it wasn't like a, it was like a sob from my deepest soul. It was like, all I've ever wanted is to be seen and to be loved and to be nurtured at times when I felt scared and to, 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 
to be allowed to make mistakes mm. and that'd be okay. Like even at 35, I've never done this before. This is as far as I've got, you know what I mean? It should be okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to continue to make mistakes. <laughs> no, you've got to catch yourself. But you, when you make a mistake, it's like we batter ourselves and the world around us like, you, you fucking did this. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Blame. I'm so, Like if you're sorry, you're sorry. Yeah. And I just cried and I cried and this blame and I didn't realise how much it was. It was just a nurturing thing for me. Mm. I just needed to be held, which is why in relationships I've been so needy and my partner like, love me. Mm. I'd have a demand to make because I need it. And, look, and there's a little kid in me that's like that. Mm. And like, like it makes me very emotional thinking about it because I just released it. It's like, oh, I'm all right. And I'm reparenting me mm. now as, a, as an adult. And I think a lot of us that are stuck in this cycle of drink and drugs and partying and chasing girls, whatever they're doing or whatever we are doing or whatever one does, we're stuck in that cycle because we can't face ourselves. We can't face the past, the things that have happened, the things that we've done and the things that we want to be. Mm. So in, in spite of the fact that you've built this beautiful life and like on, you've got all the trippings and trappings of someone that's absolutely made it, you know? I always think if I'd uh, done more, you know, I've always, and uh, I had a conversation with my friend on the way here. It's like, have I done enough? You know, am I going to get to the end? Have I done enough? And if I didn't waste so much time, so much time doing that, and actually you probably didn't actually waste any time. That was going to happen. You're going to go enjoy yourself. And doing the drink and drugs and stuff, are we going back to our past and saying it's our past that makes us do that? Nonsense. Nonsense. We just like doing it. We it's do. It's a social circle. It's when you do it to excess. Yeah. Well, we do like it. Right. And I think it's part of the culture and part of how we know the world to be. Right. Yeah. If you look at any, like, if you watch a film from like the Roman times, there's the rich people all sitting there drinking the wine. There's the peasants all in the brothels. And you know what I mean? It's like the, 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 the Game of Thrones type world. Do you know what I mean? But you just change that to a place with flashing lights and neon signs and mm. Rolexes. It's the same thing, yeah. but it, it, in essence, to me, it feels a bit like our culture indicates that that's the way, mm. right? And we enjoy drinking and we enjoy that world, which is fine. It lubricates a social situation. Mm. But for most of us, particularly the ones that can't stop when they want to, mm. like, I'm glad I'm extreme because I've stopped completely. Yeah. Yeah. I spent some time in a pub on Friday night and... I could see a few of my friends or somebody off the road on care. There was just people like all over the place. And I'm like, it's eight o'clock on a Friday because I'm so dis disenfranchised from that now. Yeah. It, to me, it feels so foreign in that place mm. where that was my home. Um, so that doesn't mean it's wrong. It means it's not for me. Just not for me. My yeah. path now. Yeah. And my path now is like, people will think it's weird for me to go and sit and drink plant medicine and piss and shit myself and throw up in a bowl <laughs> and pay money for that experience. That. It's the same as what they're doing. Yeah. Right. But it, to me, I'm facing stuff there. Yeah. 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 Nobody in the mm. history of ever mm -hmm. has ever got to the bottom of a Jack Daniels bottle and healed. Never. It, it's just never there. No. It's like, ah, oh, not this one. Next one. Mm. Not there. But at the top of a, a cup of bottom of a cup of ayahuasca or a, a heroic dose of mushrooms or some sort of psychedelic experience for me, mm. 
has it's fractured my reality in a way where I look at everyone and I just think you are me. We are it. Mm-hmm. And there's only your life experience that's made you, you mm-hmm. every feeling, conditioned thought, belief. It's just made you. Mm. And I always like understanding that, mm. which is why I want to get interesting well, people you, like you, you on. You say like the ayahuasca and the plant medicine and madness. Oh, yeah. So when you actually do the research on modern science, yeah. and this is what made me want to go and practice that is that there was a, a professor that um, went to, to see this, 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 this uh, tribe in Peru yeah. and realized that there's this medicine that makes people convulse. Yeah. And when they convulse enough, they purge and then they seem to be mentally healed. Yeah. So they tried to take that back to America. They went, you can't bring a drug back here. And they started looking at, well, what did that drug do? They convulsed mm. people. Yeah. So then they realized that they tried out electroshock so electroshock treatment is okay, but a medicine isn't. So I had the electroshock treatment um, done in October. Okay. To get to help me, I, I had nowhere to go. I had no, literally, really? I'm full stop now. Usually, I can get through something, get over something with a bit of hard work and determination. Let's get into the gym. At this point, I'm mentally very unwell. Yeah. And I need help. So it was electroshock treatment that um, I would receive. Um, and that brought me back to life. And really? Started, yeah. Start, things go quiet in your brain. PTSD shuts down the cortex or opens the cortex, shuts down any happy emotion. Because at any point, if you're happy, you're not aware yeah. you're going to get shot. Mm. So you need to be fully in fear and fully open to what's coming at you. And that's when you live in that state of PTSD. So you need to actually open up those other receptors, happiness, joy, yeah. all those things that create nice memories. So what the electroshock treatment does, and I went on to one called TMS, which is magnets, magnets to then pulse and open, open, open. Really? Open. Next thing you know, I could read. I could read. These bits in my brain that weren't talking to each other weren't flicking no- neurons quick enough. And I started to be and think and clear and the thoughts would disappear because it just happiness is in there. So it does work. And then I thought, right, what's next? If I can get that level... That level of hope it gave me. Mm. There's hope. Astonishing, man. Oh my God, I'm okay. I can go back to work. And I started telling people, look, and they were like, you're different. I am different, aren't I? Yeah, I'm different. What else can I do? And I thought, wow. You know, and I, I, I love quotes and I love inspirational speaking. I, I, just give me it. Yeah. Give me it. Because yeah. something, what it means to you, it means someone else. Mm. But I'll catch these words and I'll go, what does that mean for me today? Or someone sent me a quote. One of them was, um, well, uh, uh, a good professor, I can't remember what I'm not a good with names sometimes, but he would say, what if you gave yourself 100%, 100% for one year, what would you get done? And you know what that 100% is. You know what that You know is. it is. What if? Sounds like went, Jordan Peterson thing. It's Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And I went, all right. When? Symbolic day. Let's choose a symbolic day. So I choose New Year's Eve revolu- uh, resolutions. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to resolve something and that's what that means. I'm going to resolve something and I'm going to cut that out. So I lined up my medication, some cocaine, some weed, a cigarette and a shot. And um, I tasted it and I went, you don't serve me and threw it away. You don't serve me, threw it away. And I never looked back from January 1st. And what are we now, 11 months in? What, so you did? Yeah, the whole lot went cold turkey. And because I was so convicted 
that I'm going to do this. And I, I did it. I don't talk about it. I take action. I do, I, that's me. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And it was, and it's been amazing. And then to go on to do the things, because there was a lot of things happening to me that kept happening to me. It's because you're not changing anything. Yeah. Nothing changes, nothing changes. So I knew I had to radically change everything. And in there, I felt so peaceful, so calm, and so much time. Mm. Too much time. And I was like, right, I need to do something with that time to have a positive effect. Jim, we all know moving is the biggest way out of depression. Depression. 100%. Get your ass moving. So I would, um, I would go down to the gym, put my head down, not do much, but do enough. And then that progressed into getting a PT. Then I saw two brothers boxing. I like the brothership there. So would you teach me that? Because I live in such a, a feminine world. Mm. I wanted to bring my masculine side out a little bit more. Yeah, I get that. So that then drew me into, the, into then I'm like, right now I need a big goal with my new lungs, my newfound um, health. And it just started from there. Literally life just started getting better. Now it's just keeping a hold of that. I need to keep hold of that life. And that's easy. It's the easiest thing I've ever done. It's the nurturing of it. And I think, again, we like it's such a beautiful story. And You know, these energies get stuck in us and they hold us back in ways we can't even fathom. And it takes sometimes something serious, like the electricity treatment. Um, for me, a lot of stuck energy was through the plant medicines. Um, a lot of things that I've changed in my life have been through these deeply powerful experiences. But the only thing that has ever changed me Mm. is me looking at myself and going, nah, we aren't doing this anymore. Mm. And we change. And I was ready to die. I was ready. I was, I was ready to tap out. I had planned it all. I'd made the biggest mess. I was done. I was out, mate. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. And, you know, there's some part of me that says, there are way too many days left in this. What, what for me to not see what happens from here? Mm. Like you mean to tell me that you're going to log out now mm. and you ain't even halfway through your book, you know? And, you know, and I, and I can talk honestly at this, like this year I lost everything. Mm. I lost everything. I lost everything. I had the six figure job. I had the car, I had the house, the kid. I just had everything. I lost it all. Mm. Um, because I didn't like myself. Mm. I'd built everything back up to where I wanted it to be. And it was like, oh, it's still not it. Mm. And I did a lot of healing work this year, you know, and I reached a point where it was like, do you know what? This starting from zero is a very rare and important opportunity to go. Mm. And like you're in the midst of now, mm. I am firing on all cylinders and every single thing that I get to face now Mm. is an opportunity to get better. And I make mistakes still. Things are hard, but I get to stand in the difficulty and say, I've got this, man. Mm -hmm. You send me what you like, mate. You send anything, send everything you've got. I have done it all and I'll be fine and I'll face it better than I've ever faced before. Mm. Because the first thing is I ain't making a mess. Mm. If I stop making a mess, I get a chance to clean up. You know what I mean? These unruly dogs that are running around in my house, smashing everything up, and then me perpetually trying to clean everything up. 
heal things, say my sorries, manage, like, you just can't do it. You have to say, all right, the dogs are getting out, right? We're going to clean this house and then we're going to renovate it. And at the moment, it sounds like you're in that renovation process. Mm. It took about five years, you know, it it's took amazing. about five years. And, you know, the first time I felt um, or, or heard about like shamanism and, you know, the healing and the spiritual world and stuff like that, I was a religious person. I grew up... Um, I was homeless when I was about 12 years old. I'd left home. My mum had met a maniac and I got beat to death and I had to leave that family at 12. I stood on my own feet, about 12, 13. And I slept on the streets, knew what it's like to really, really want. And then went to the Jesus army and I lived with them and the religiousness of the, the nature of it. And whatever you, people want to call the Jesus army, it helped me. Mm-hmm. I have not a bad word to say about them. There mm-hmm. were good people there amongst the badness. Um, and then from there, hope, hope just came splurting at me and religion for me was forgotten. You know, I wasn't, I weren't religious. It took a lot away from me. I always look up, I look up and I say a prayer. And what I realized is that prayer is something that you want or you would like and want willing someone to look after me here. Please don't make that don't, you know. Don't, don't let that be a thing or, oh, I really want that. You know, you're always asking the universe, mm-hmm. this godly spirit that we've tapped into, wherever you have put a label as God or universe or Buddha, whatever you like, yeah. it's the one God or the one energy. Mm-hmm. And that I've learned a lot about. And I'm still discovering. I don't mm-hmm. know much about this Harry Potter stuff, but it seems to be a hope that I have some control. And what the things that I'm asking for and the things that I'm really desperate for and non-selfish things at the same time, you know, and it's gratitude. That's the biggest one as well. So like, do you know when we used to sit around the table and say, I'm grateful for this? You have to have that. So like not a lot of people have these things. Mm. So that was another thing for religion. Mm-hmm. The prayer, the, the same prayer around dinner, the, the sitting down, looking yeah. at the sky, asking for my spirits and my father. Are you proud of me? Mm. You know, you're proud of me, dad. And most of that is if you'd stuck around. Yeah. yeah. You see what I've become. Yeah. You know? um, so religion there. And then when I tapped into it, the first time I did San Pedro, I went away to Peru this year with a company called um, Men Without Masks. Yeah. I reached out to them and they're online. The funny thing is like, as much as the government are listening to you, so is the universe. And you're asking for help. It will send it. Mm. It will come in its different forms. And it came to me and I've got in touch with this guy called Craig Whiting. And I just went, leap of faith, book it. So I just booked it. Booked this, this, this retreat. Went on this retreat, 24 men, healing. Lots and lots of work. No outside information. No, um, no phones, no books. You are the book, he would say. Mm-hmm. And you'd sit there by yourself without the reality that you've got no business. And then you do the work each day, every day from six till nine, all you, all you, it's going to be all about you, everything. And get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out for five days. You work on your lover, you work on your warrior, you work on your king and your magician, your advisor, the magic in you. I experience things I've never experienced and the power of meditation, the power of breath, Mm. just how we breathe and we take that for granted, but, you know, regulating yourself. It's just like, and I use all of these things to stay away from the old self. All of these things to stay away from that self-destruction, that, that, that stuff. And now I'm like, 
this year. Have I got as much done as I thought I would? Yeah. Yeah, good. I got that and more, but I'm, I like myself. Mm. I actually can say I love myself, which then they say you can't love another person until you truly love yourself. So true. Yeah, man. You're just waiting for it. But actually I've met the most, I manifested the perfect, perfect woman. Mm. And because I kept on getting tragedy, you know, I was attracting the same person, the same thing was kept happening and happening and happening. It's because my energy was aligning with their energy. So you're going to meet each other on the plane. Mm. But as soon as you can kind of just get rid of that sexual past, sexual past was the biggest one when I met the shaman. And um, it was from an energy therapy, put me in touch with the shaman. And he went, you are a cutter of hair. You have to give back to Mother Earth. There is women out there for your blood. I'm like, that's about right. (laughs) <laughs> about Sounds right. right yeah. How's he suss me out from all that way over there? <laughs> he knows, doesn't it? I thought he's Googled me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I fear. thought, right, let's do this. How much do you want to change? So I listened to his instructions and they were find this waterfall, this specific waterfall, and give the instructions of where it is. It's in Wales. You have to take 10 baths, 10 baths, and wash yourself with the soil. Come back out, go back in, bath yourself, wash it down with the soil come back out and then you have to then go and bath yourself in cinnamon, garlic and sugar and the kilos and the weight and boil it in a pot. It's it's bonkers. What is this madness? What is this? So this guy helped me. He took me down there. He's doing a lot of work with PTSD. And I went to his house, didn't know the man. Leap of faith, I'm going to get better. This is the first time. This is like five years now. I've been working on it for five years. It's not like... It happened New Year's Eve. Mm. No, I, w- I needed to get to the point where I was ready to do that. Mm. But it's just stages, one step. I didn't look at the top of the staircase, which mm. is now. I looked at just that step. I'm going to take it. So took the step, went into this guy's house. He's talking about how he would kill people for a living mm-hmm. you know, for the Russians um, to sever them. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to die here today. I'm dying. And I'm like, I've got to sleep on his couch. I thought I was going to get strung up and he was going to start like snatching up me nuts or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he woke me up in the morning. We went down to this waterfall and it was the coldest 5am I've ever had in my life. And ice water. I took my shoes off. He said, take your shoes off, put your feet in the ground. You're going to ground you and connect you with the earth. I felt this energy coming up through me. So I can feel something. I'm going to go with it. You can call it whatever you like, yeah. go against the grain or go with it. You're going to get something from it. You're going to see Caesar. And then he said, now you need to deshed yourself of all your sexual past. He said, what you've got to do now is you've got to picture every woman you've had sexual interaction with for your whole life. And you've got to wash them down of you and wash yourself of them. Yeah. And then say goodbye. Yeah. Forgiveness. I was like, how long have you got? <laughs> I'm going to be here a while. Yeah. I, you know, I was a naughty Six boy. Six weeks later, yeah. But one by one, I sat there and physically did this and I could see them. I could see the innocence of them. Mm. You know, the, the, the love that we shared and some of them were a bit toxic and they're on, I could feel that they're on me and on. And then there was this one difficult one right at the end that I was having the most trouble with. I couldn't bring her. And he went, let me summon her spirit. And he's, I could hear him, but, yeah, she came in front of me and she was in this kind of rigid skin. And then I just kept washing and this golden girl came out of, because no matter how our relationship didn't work, it wasn't necessarily one or the other. 
it was the two energies weren't supposed to be together and we were fighting to try and keep it together and we mm. shouldn't have and it caused toxicness. And I forgave her, took my 10 baths in ice water. That's when I realised cold therapy. Yeah. And tremoring, shaking your nervous system, mm. get it moving, mm. get it doing something. Mm. And then I drove home. I wasn't murdered, thank God. Yes. I drove home and then I boiled the cinnamon, brown sugar and garlic. I boiled it. I'm doing this all by myself. Lit a candle, like it said. I boiled this stuff up, got in the bath and I bathed in it. Not realising sugar boiled is very hot. Yeah. <laughs> so it took a while. So I sat use that in prison to burn each other's faces off. So I'm washing myself down in this. And for a short time, I, I felt good. And then there was a sex ban, sexual energy. They banned me for sex for, I think it was like six weeks. And you will find the perfect person that's meant for you. And uh, I think I was about four weeks in. And how many women that I was seeing at the time, um, they would uh, try and persuade me to break that rule. They wanted that. Because mm-hmm. you weren't giving it, they want it even more. And I went away with a few friends to Gibraltar and uh, sat with them. And they said, well, what kind of girl do you want? I went, I want somebody that's just kind, just so kind. I need kindness because I'm a kind man. Mm-hmm. I want that brought out of me. Um, and I want someone who's just fucking sexy and they don't exist. And then bam, my phone popped up. Literally at that point, ting, notification in Instagram with the words from this picture saying, will you marry me? And I was like, wow, she's hot. This is for fake. I'll put back, if you are as kind as you are beautiful, then yeah, we get married this year. That was three years ago. Oh, what? Yeah. So you can find it. You just, or I would have just found the same energy that I had. I had to change me to change the outcome of what I attract. It's the work that gets done in you that, that, that promotes the, the, the outside world. Like when we talk energy shifting and the changes that we have to make inside of us to manifest the life outside of us. Yeah. So big. It's Mm. like, you don't even, you don't even, you can't even contemplate the level of effort that it would require for you to just let go of the old idea Mm. and then the new can come. Mm. And if I'm honest with you, you know, I love talking energy. I love talking all that stuff because it's like a language I don't get to speak often. Mm. Yeah. I have a couple of people that I can talk it with mm. and healing and all that work. Mm. So I, where, where you've been and what you're doing, I've spent years doing mm. myself. And you don't often come across people that you can say, oh, you've been doing this too. Mm. Like going on retreats mm. for four days where the only question you have to ask yourself is who am I? Mm. Three whole days, 5am to 11 at night. Mm. Yeah. And you sit opposite people like this mm. and there's 28 people there. And every hour you swap to somebody else. And at the start, they, they say, tell me who you are. Mm. So you tell them who you are and then you say, tell me who you are. Powerful. Yeah. And then they're, t- so for, for hours on end, you are telling somebody who you think you are. Mm. And then like you were sat in these uncomfortable chairs. It's a long day. You start realizing I'm just saying things I've done. <laughs> I'm only telling you a story. That's not who I am. Yeah. And then like, so my uncle, he was, it was not my uncle. I call him my uncle. He's one of my dad's friends. He was on the podcast a few weeks ago. He's like a spiritual guru, genius. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and he was there and he, he said to me, go for a walk. So I went for a walk and I've gone outside and it's a beautiful, serene place. Like it just rained, there's steam coming off the grass. Um, I've walked over to this fence and I've looked, it sounds like a bit of a, like a dream, but I walked over to this fence and there's two horses in there and then um, they got, both had steam coming off their backs. There's a big black stallion and he, it came over to the female horse and it tried to climb on the back of it. And in my head, I went, go on boy. Right? <laughs> and then I realised it twigged and this, everything changed for me in that moment. Yeah. Where I realised, I was like, oh, that's who I am. Right. And I don't mean like that, but I'm all right to be silly in each moment. No yeah. matter how serious this weekend is, I am silly. Yeah. I'm all right Playful. with that. Playful. Yeah. Mm. So I've walked back up the colors of the plants, the flowers, they all look different. They're all mm. brighter. Everything was there. Cause I realized who I am is not anything other than what I am feeling in this moment, which will change moment by moment. The closer to presence I am with that, that is me, me mm. being happy or me being sad is still me. It's, it's an experience I'm having. We can't get into neutral mm. and stay there. We may get into bliss. We may get into sadness, mm. but we change moment by moment. And I love that. Mm. And what you're talking about there is like the, the depths of you that you've had to explore in order to open up your opportunity yeah. to be who you want to be and attract the love that you want and build the life that you want. And it's, the, it's that thought in your head, like now what, mm. what's next? How many people can say that in this year, have you done what you wanted to do? Mm. Most people are like, well, I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to do this and I wanted mm. to do that. Mm. And I did it for a week and now I've done none of it. Mm. And it's like, yeah, cool. Mm. Start again next year. Then we'll wait another 364 days until yeah. you start all over again. Yeah. For me, it's like I, I allow myself to push, yeah. but I also allow myself to stop. Yeah. So if I'm losing weight over time, mm. I'm not trying to do it in two weeks or 10 weeks or whatever. Over time, over time, keep training. I train hard. I go in the morning, I get it done. That's my routine. I go every day. But if I want to sit and have a pizza with the family, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. If I want to go out and do something, I will do that. What we tend to do as people is starve ourselves from the experiences that we, we need is when we lean on those experiences that become trouble, yeah. like nights out pizza every day or you know what I mean people go in the shop and they like I do it sometimes I bought, you know, I've bought a few sweets here and there like but I've got a day where I'm sitting and I'm chilling and I'm talking it's a lot of effort and energy we think it's just a conversation but like there's a lot going on it's a lot it's busy it's heavy yeah. it's heavy heavy stuff yeah, like when yeah. do you sit down and talk to somebody and they reveal their entire past and that past is not just like nine yeah. hours nine times a day yeah that's yeah. my job yeah oh yeah yeah I do that Nine times you hold a space day. for so many people, don't oh, man, you? Man, I hold space and to connect with other people. Big thing of me right now is how many people can I help with my experience? Mm. I started a book. Now, I don't know if you've ever written down day one to day now. <sighs> that that was fulfilling. Really? Yeah. All right. Chapter one. You're born. Let's go. Write down what it actually means and what comes up. What actually ma matters to you in your memory. Because there were so many more than what you actually wrote down, but those poignant ones that like you significant, that was a mark. The thing that life. comes up when you think of it like that. Mark yeah. of life. 
eight years old, what happened at eight, nine, what happened there, 10, what happened there. And there's not many things that you can remember being joyful. It was a fucking shit show of a life. Mm. Sad case scenario. You can't even get past chapter two without going, I need to close this book. Yeah, yeah. And then I tried to think, well, have I got any good stuff to put back in there? So that's the next one. I've now finished the book. The book is finished. It's called Talk. Mm. Talk and listen knowingly. T-A-L-K. Men. Because half of it we don't. We just talk. We don't listen. Did a lot of listening this year. That's a good one. I wrote that stuff down and I realised that was really helpful. Write it down. It's gone. It's in the book. It's there. Yeah. Then I'm really scared someone else to read this book though. Do you know what? I wrote a book in 2016. Did you? Yeah. I wrote my first book in 2016 and I'm currently writing another one now. What's it? What's it? What was the main focus? So what might the one now or the, mm. so? Or both. both well, so 2016 was like my first journey into self-discovery and healing and getting sober. Like, and it was called the best version of you. And like, I was getting out of bed at four o'clock in the morning. I was walking for two hours before I did anything and I would walk and I would, what I would do is I would listen to songs that pulled up my traumas, mm. my heartaches, my pains, mm. and I would try and feel it to heal it. Mm. So I'm in this feeling. I'd sob. I would, like, I'd be walking around hard in stone and water and fucking crying my eyes out. Yeah. And I would sob my eyes out and then I would shift the focus. Say, right now what? And then by the time I've, by the time I got to the gym, right, I've cried my eyes out mm. every day. I've forgiven myself and I've listened to something motivational, uplifting, powerful, and I would run or whatever I felt like in that moment. Mm. And I'd get to the gym and I'd train for two hours and I'd walk home and then I'd start writing. And, you know, that book, you know, we launched it. We had a video. We put that out. It had half a million views in like four days. Like that was in 2016 before everyone was an influencer. Like we're going to take the market. It's going to be amazing. Mm failed um for a number of reasons um did it yeah well it didn't because i, I wrote a book but it failed in the in the sense that like i don't know many other people who said i wrote a book so when you said that like i can say to myself I thought That's I wrote not a book. It. yeah definitely not a fail though is it maybe what? it just didn't sell but. it didn't sell we said we sold some and it started to take off but my business partner just yeah we we fell out but we won't go into that <laughs> that was the lesson but the so my my new book and the book I'm writing now, which I haven't really spoken about too much, is is tied to the podcast. So the podcast is called The Real Roadmap. But my book's called Mapping the Road from Nowhere. Yeah. So I'm starting from zero. And I'm going to I've written when I release the book. Yeah. And when I release the book is when the, the first chapter is made manifest. Mm-hmm. So I've I'm like reverse engineering. Mm. My life will look like my income is my family life is my home is this. My, mm-hmm. my business is that my podcast does this. My business does, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I've written that made manifest. So now I'm executing against that. Your goals, your so, goal set. But I'm setting, I'm like, everybody writes their book in hindsight. We, yeah. we get to a place, we, we write the story of our life. Me, my, my, my honest desire, and it feels like my spirit is always called to do this, is I've always said to myself, I want to tell my story in real time. Uh-huh. I want to write this book in real time. The things that I go through, the things that I learn, the uplift to the day where, like, let's say, like, I'm getting married and my house is, you know, I, I want a house, yeah, that has gates on the front. But I don't want a big, stupid house. 
I just want gates. Yeah. So when I turn up, click. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that for any other reason. Yeah. No, I want to be able to say that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Click. Yeah, I, get it. yeah? I want a nice cut. We all want the, the material trappings, right? But inside that home, I want to be, um, I want my kids and my family to all of them, everyone to feel like if there's a problem, the person they go to, and it's going to take me a long time to build this credibility in their mm -hmm. eyes because they're the ones that seen the mess of me, mm -hmm. that they come to Liam. Mm -hmm. Daddy. Yeah. If it's a relationship problem, they go to daddy. If it's a, this problem, they go to daddy. If it's a, like, I want everyone to feel like I am the place that they can come. Mm. Did you have that space? Never. Never in this no. So we're creating it. I want to create that more than yeah. I want to do anything else. I think that's why we are where we are now is because we never had something. We really urged for it. So we're going to create our own. That urge. And, and I think what's interesting about what you said there is brilliant because like who you and I are, mm. we, I feel particularly as well. I could, I could be completely wrong what I'm saying, but I know for me that my desire to be seen and loved mm. by my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Right has never left me, right? Mm -hmm. And that is part of my character that my behaviour is filtered through, mm. i.e. I will work harder, I will try more things, I will continue to do, I will separate myself from in order to achieve. Mm. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've, done some, I've achieved some really great things. Mm. I've pushed myself hard all from that space. But what I've done is detached from that in the sense of, I'm doing this now because it's who I am, but I'm not doing it for that. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like you said, with this detachment, who I am is made up of all my experiences in my life. Everything I've ever done, everything I've ever felt, every heartache, every letdown, everything that I've ever done that's stupid and wrong, mm. have all made me me. It's my unique thin fingerprint on my life. So I no longer do things for validation from anyone outside of myself. Mm -hmm. I do them from for validation from my family in the future. Yeah. So the decade that I spend building this thing mm -hmm. is a time where this is going to be documented episode by episode on YouTube. It is going to be like, honestly, if I showed you a picture of my car, yeah. bear in mind, I want to sort of say this today. Like, so I lost everything. I bought a car for a, for a 950 pounds. Yeah. Cause everything went wrong. That blew up head gasket on the way back from a ceremony. Oh. Yeah. Waited five hours, got home, couldn't get a new car. I was fucked. I couldn't, I was building my business. Like we just couldn't do it. Managed to get a car. My mate, fucking my business partner, took me some money to go and buy a car. Bought that car. Yeah, car, it, 150, no, sorry, 500 quid it was. Shit. Dead. Piece of shit. Yeah, like yeah. what three hubcaps on it? It gets me about, I can pick my kids up, right? I'm fine. While I'm building my company and while I'm doing this, fine. Right? I brokered a deal today. Yeah. I get to pick up a, a brand new Range Rover Vela next week. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Car. Right. So for me, right, yeah. that's one of the boxes ticked yeah. in this year, in one year. Isn't that incredible? And most people think it takes like five years to get to somewhere like, oh, well, I see ambition. Yeah. No, you can have anything you I'm want. I'm fighting like yeah. fuck. I am making deals left, right and centre and, mm. and I'm a deal maker. That's what I've all done. Yeah. I used to make deals with drug dealers to not get beaten up when I couldn't fucking pay them, <laughs> right? yourself out of it. Oh, I literally, yeah. I've taught myself out of fucking hidings. I've been kidnapped a couple of times. That wasn't fun. <laughs> I got kidnapped once. 
Um, and I got taken back to this flat and they'd given me like quite a lot of pills and quite a lot of stuff to get rid of. And I was really shit drug dealer as a child. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'd taken most of it when they picked me up because I'd taken so many pills, I was off my head. So they've hit me around the head with a gun. Yeah. As they've done that, it's brought me up. So I'm like, like, do you know when you start rushing, when you're taking pills, they've hit me. I'm like, oh, I've just dissolved into a puddle on the sofa. Oh my God. They, tr- they've, they Honestly, they were beating me up for about half an hour and then they booted me out. They were like, we ain't getting fuck all out of this twat. And then Talk I found two pills in my pocket on the way home and I ate them. Oh, I was a mess, mate. Um, but I've been through some shit, right? Mm. And I love the fact that I've come from like, almost being like this year, no, I had nowhere to live. Mm. Yeah. I lost my home. I was staying with a friend. Then he had something going with his kids. So he got his kids back. So I had to move out of there. I moved into a guy's house in Bedford and he let me stay there. He wasn't living there. He's with his girlfriend. They split up. So then she, he came back. He's got three kids. I've got three. So there was like all these kids like, and for me, to, then I got my own flat in Milton Keynes. My business yeah. started trading. Things started to look up. I've brokered like loads of deer. I've got loads of stuff going on. Um, and one year. I've done, mate, and I've done this with the help of um, the Man Cave. So it's my mate set up a men's mental health meeting over in Milton Keynes yes. called the Man Cave. The Man Cave, yeah. yeah. I've been watching them, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm one of the leadership team with them. I'm setting up the one in Northampton. Excellent. So I'm uh, in talks with a few places in Northampton to let us facilitate a space and then yeah. we're going to be opening yeah. up the men's mental health there. Mm. But since then, I have done all the healing work. I've made amends everywhere. I've tried building myself back up from zero and I'm writing up like what better opportunity to start writing a book when you've got, when you're a zero, I'm blessed with that gift, but I'm also blessed with me as a gift. Mm. That's the first time I felt that about myself. Mm. I have to trust me. I have to be able to value myself enough to know that I will do the thing that I want to do in my life because I ain't never coming back here ever again. This is the furthest I've ever got. Mm -hmm. I'm 35 so now. Change, officially change happens. Real halfway. Change. I'm, yeah. I'm halfway. Mm. What? And you give, I'll tell you what, if I can do this in a year, give me 35 more. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. And you've got 35 more. Right, a lot exactly. Of get, a lot of us get to about middle age, middle age, 35, 40, 40 Yeah. Well, if you die at 75, that's, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. And then you start, that's something has to happen for you to change. Yeah, man. And that's the trouble. Why does it have to happen? Well, because usually it has to happen. Yeah. You have to sit in your shit long enough that you start fucking thinking of it. Yeah, man. And get the fuck up and wash yourself down and never go back there because you knew how much it hurt. Yeah, man. That was my thing. So around your age, that's when I started this journey. Yeah. And started really putting the work in. I'd slip off the rails though, but I wouldn't be so unkind to myself. You know, I wouldn't beat myself up so much. If I did slip off the rails, it was going to happen. Now... Would I beat myself up? No, I'd probably even say I've got a wedding to go to. Yeah, I'm gonna have a drink. Yeah, yeah but I'm not gonna drink to the excess. I'm not gonna be sorting stuff up my nose until stupid yes. and hating the world and hating me. Plus, your bodies don't want to do it. No. It comes to a point you can't imagine it when you're doing it. Your fifties, your sixties, and I look at my grandparents or my grandfather when he was alive. Grandfather was a magician, kindest man in the world. Wow, he really looked after me after my father took his life. And I look up to that man and, and now I'm as a grandfather, I'm a grandfather of two. I still can't get away from that. I know. That makes you grow up, you know, and I've got those love, that love around me wanting to, like, because I had children, mm-hmm. that kept me here. My brother didn't have children. Mm. So he went to the excess of where I could, that path. 
he was rock and roll. You know, he, he developed psychosis. And eventually, after heroin and everything else, he took his own life because of the pain. We, we say he took his own life. We, he, he took an overdose. So, um, it's, yeah, self-caused. He was, he was Jesus' age, you know, and both my father was. And having children for me kept me in check every single week, every single month. Wow. I, I, I'd have a weekend on, weekend off. Mm -hmm. I'm a Saturday dad. Yeah. Weekend father. And I am a weekend father to three children mm -hmm. and three different mums. Wow. But every Friday I get in my car and I'll drive to Manchester, pick my son up and drive back. Every Saturday morning I'll drive to Gloucester and pick my daughter and turn back. I was accountable because my father wasn't there. I will be there. I will be better than that. I will, and that's kept me going. And then the odd weekend I'd have the, the wobble. Um, but yeah, now I just, I'm really, really enjoying it. I enjoy every day give myself a pat on the back. It's another day mm. when you have those urges to go backwards as well, you know, and you get through that urge of addiction and you come onto the other side of it. But that's why I took up something else so radical. And that was boxing. Yeah. I took up boxing. Yeah. Um, because I felt courage with and safety in men after all these years, going to these men's group, opening up, speaking there and trusting men took me to the gym of, of, you know, of people punching each other in the face for fun. Mm. And uh, I was so scared of going, but I took that leap of faith again because on the other side of fear is growth. Yeah. Everything I've been afraid of and, and giving up. I was afraid of giving up because I might relapse. Mm. That's normal. Like I was f scared of getting well because people may, maybe expect too much of me. And that, that's what keeps you there. The fear of doing better. That was, that was a scary. It's thing. just easier to not try, isn't it? Like, 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 it, like it, it's so much easier for me to go, oh, just give us a bag. I'll meet at a pub. I'll yeah. be there. I'll stand in front of a fruit machine, pressing these buttons, effectively losing money until the end of the night. And then I'll probably go and do more weird shit and pay for it. And then, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, because it's so much easier than the, the, the perpetual distraction is easier than the facing of the pain because what we're trying to do is avert our attention from these dark parts. You even said to yourself, you said to me earlier, I knew the work I had to do and mm. I couldn't do it. Mm. So a lot of us know inside of us what that there is inevitably shit to face. Mm. Fucking turn into it. It's you. Mm. Lean into that. Fucking lean into yourself and go, right, come on then, let's have it. Mm. Now I know this is going to hurt. But like, this is what really saved me is I will nurture myself through that. Mm. I'm going to sit here and we're going to fucking face these, these things you're getting wrong. Somebody said something to me the other day about how I'd been at the start of this year, maybe have been perceived by others. And I was like, shit, I'm not perfect. I'm learning. Right. And in that process, if somebody can give you feedback and it's going to be triggering, cool. oh, don't tell me I got it wrong again. Mm. let it in. Okay. I'm really sorry I did that or I sounded like that. Mm. That wasn't my intent. I didn't realise that was how it came across. I should have thought about this, this and this. Mm. And I definitely will do that again in the future. I appreciate you giving me the space mm. to grow. You know, you treat I things. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah but you I appreciate have, you, you telling me. Yeah. But like, 
Yeah. Men don't afford each other. Like what we do, men will go down the pub and we'll validate each other's arguments. She's not sucking me off. She's moaning at me all the time. Fucking, I'm not getting this. She doesn't see all the things I'm doing, which is fine and probably true. Okay. Yeah. But you're, you're, we're never educated by another man to say, do you know what, mate? What, what aren't you doing? Yeah. And women do the same thing. He's not this, he's not that. And I think if we as a group of people stopped looking for what other people can give us and started looking at what we can give them, Mm. I don't care what you want to be in this relationship. I know what I need. I know what I can be. If what I am is good enough for you Mm. and you can give me this back, this is going to work. But if you're always expecting me to be a certain way and I'm expecting you to be a certain way, unspoken <laughs> neither of us are going to know what we're doing let's fucking be vulnerable enough to talk mm. about this like look none of us know what we're doing take our names our jobs our fucking it's just two people in a house trying to bring up children yeah. or attempt a parent or attempt a partner like like can we not just accept that we've probably got this a bit wrong I haven't done this right you haven't done that right mm. let's figure this out mm. you know what I mean I think it's so important that we stop pushing for other people to do stuff for us. I tell you what I'm willing to do for you. I will do these things. If it's not right for you, then I get my space. I walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Because I set my boundaries. I set my life out. If you want to be within my boundaries, that's cool. But boundaries aren't, I'm ranting now, but boundaries aren't these fucking rigid things. Boundaries are set to protect you. But you don't say to somebody like, don't cross this boundary or I'm never going to talk to you again. You set the boundary and if they're accidentally coming across the boundary, you express the boundary again. Now, look, look, and cause you talk, if you talk in this way, look, I'm sorry you're doing this. I'm sorry this has happened again. I guess I'm feeling a little triggered about the fact that now you're starting to keep continuing to cross the boundary. Like I don't want to have to put distance in between us, but like I, I will because I need to protect myself. Now I love you and I want you about, but we need to honor this. I'll put it here. If you were doing the same thing, you'd expect the same. Can we work on that? even how you present the information, the tone of how you say something has so much impact. Mm. It's when we point, you fucking don't listen to my fucking boundary. You don't give me my fucking space. Articulate it how you would like to be articulated with. Mm. If somebody can't jump on your side of the fence, they can't learn that stuff. They either have to be willing to learn or not. I think that's why relationships are falling down these days and why they didn't back in the day because people knew what they wanted. Yeah. We were like, the, our relationship is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And back in the day, it was like, you disappear down the pub, you drink your fucking eight pints, you're back at eight, we'll have dinner and we'll watch TV for two hours, we'll go to bed. You, like, um, that's how life was. One yes. parented, one grafted. Now everyone's at fucking work. All of us. Yeah. yeah. Every demands, one of us. But demands are on, yeah. So we've all got the demands of each other. We've got the demands of the world. We've got the demands of the fucking taxes and the government and the, the ever fucking changing terrains of everything and emotion and healing and like, it's all clumsy and we're all taking part in it and we all blame each other for being shit at it. No one's fucking taught us anything. In my opinion, I've got a right, I've got a right soapbox. But I look, I, I, uh, when Stewie, how long are we? Uh, just over. So how? We've got a little bit of time there. You're lovely. Um, so, um, can you sort of go into a little bit more about, if you're able to, like your career journey, mm. 
how is how has that formed who you are and how where you are now is different from like what bits of you are the same from however long ago you were you started to now mm. what bits of you the same and what is it that thread that ties all that between then and now does that make sense yeah because you've changed loads and times change and mm, progressed yeah what's, you've ripened I've ripened as a man yeah I ripened I, I feel like as I've got older I've definitely ripened mm. and now I am a gentle man okay you know I haven't got to worry about fight Mm-hmm. I've got that fight. I'm protected. I'm the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, back in my early days, I looked for a sense of belonging. So how I fell into hairdressing and the idea of the fall is to, you know, to, to feel the go beyond and fall into something. Um, Cause you never know what's going to be around the corner. Is this the right choice? Yeah. I got a box of clippers and it was my father's unopened present. And uh, from Christmas Day, so out of something bad, there is always something good. That gift was given to me later, and I opened it, and I, I kept it, and I watched the video, and I started cutting hair from home. And um, I, I created friendships. I had a purpose for them. Most of life is what what can you get out of someone, and mm. what can you offer someone. That's a good friendship, you know, when you've got something to give each other yeah. back and forth. It's not one sided. So that's how I developed mine, and. Then I went to work for a man who took me as a son, an Italian man, full of life, full of beans, and made me laugh, paid me with hand sandwiches and cigarettes, and I'd go and hang out there and speak to women every day and, and say, how lovely are you, and give them a service. It was beautiful. It was a real nice thing, and I didn't want to be at school. I moved schools. I didn't fit into school. School wasn't for me. I was artistic, very artistic, almost borderline autistic, so <laughs> I was creative. And um, I struggled through school, straight out of school, straight into another salon, next level up. I went, I want to go work for that one. And they look after me. And then I started doing three days of school, three days hairdressing. Um, Then got myself into foster care. And that that was amazing. That sorted me out. That was a real life family. Got a sense of family. And they took me on all of the the uncles, the aunties. They all took me on as their family. That was lovely. That came to an end at 16. And then... Struggling along the way, really. Um, Do you still see that family? We speak to them. It's a sad sad story, that, is because they were my father's, my father's second wife, Sharon, um, who I saw as a mother, and she brought me up. It was her parents that fostered me, took me from the Jesus Army, and they gifted me life. They were beautiful, beautiful people. I was a troubled child and a teenager and they were old people. I don't see them. I don't see them. Um, I see my sister, but I don't see that family. It was a, something that happened. But from there, life, it was, it was beautiful. But then I lost touch with them. Um, and then I went on to work for another higher company and went to like Tony and Guy mm-hmm. and worked for them for a bit. And then worked for another man who was an Italian man who I saw as a father figure. And then from him, I had my first baby at 19. Um, and I jumped from being a trainee to then. I realized that the power of confidence, mm-hmm. conf- talk yourself into a good game, visions of grandeur. I'd go around telling everybody I was better than I am. But self-belief. I know I don't believe it. I know I, I know my limits, but I know where I want to be. So I'm going to talk that guy. I'm mm-hmm. going to be that guy. 
I'm not going to be the guy I am. I'm going to be the guy I want going to be. I'm yeah. going to talk about him. So forever self-perpetuating a good story. And then I eventually got a manager's job and I, I wasn't even properly qualified at this point, but they believed me. And then I had to put hands to action and that then started working. And the connections I made connected me to all the things that I, I, I am not happy with, with the bosses that I have and how they treat me mm. and how they have been treated and how they treat others. I knew that I want my own business because I cannot work for anyone else. I see straight through you. And I know what we should do. Then I went on to open my own first salon with partners. I've found the money somehow. And, you know, I still in a bed sit at the time. I took a gamble and someone took a gamble in me and it paid off. And then it didn't pay off. Stuff happens. And I lost that business. And I went down to that and then I went, right, I've been there now. I've tasted it. I can do that. Then you've got a car and a bag of shoes, you know, your bag of bag of clothes. Mm. That's all you have. You haven't got any humbler home. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And when you're in there and you've got nothing to lose, everything is a gain. Yeah. Every little thing. It's like mm. now I'm older, I've got a lot to lose. Mm. I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious. I'm making big decisions now. But back then, all in, cards all in, cards all in. Let's take the gamble. Let's go for it. So then I um, h- a hustle. Hustle. I'm a very good hustler. Mm. And I'll speak and communicate and I'll make things happen. You know, I don't just sit and then wait for them. I'll go and get it. Yep. So that came to me. Um, and then I opened my first salon, my, another salon in Gold Street after working from people's houses. All of these people have followed me that I've cut there and had that connection with. It's not just about the haircut. It's the connection with that person. That person that I cut at 13 years old, I still do now. It's 41. There, she paid me with food. Now she pays me over a hundred pounds an hour. And that's all that time. And there's so many of those I've gathered over the time that I love and I love them. I'd have a genuine love for these people. But also when I had my salon, I didn't get it right. Self-destructed and things got in the way. Fighting, drugs, mm. all these little things. Now and again, I was doing a good job, but not quite getting there. Mm-hmm. Doing it. And I just cut. Yeah, and then the TV opportunities would come my way. I, I mean, that's yes. massive. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but it's massive to, to have the, what I couldn't fathom in my mind and what I've struggled with since I've known you or known of you is how has somebody done that? How does somebody do that? How do you like take cutting hair, mm. which let's say a lot of people do in the Northamptonshire area, Yes. There's loads. There's about hundreds of thousands of us. Yeah. How do you get into there? How do you make it into that narrow opportunity of like, oh, this guy will go on the telly? Truly believe it's happening. Yeah. Like, as I say, visions of grandeur. Like the stuff I've, I'm a celebrity hairdresser, I'm a celebrity hairdresser. I work in TV. I didn't. I never even met a celebrity. But I truly believe that's the person I am. I was so embodied with that person that I had to become that person. And those things would then move into my path and turn up to everything, make the effort to say yes. And, and then even if I was so scared of doing something and I knew it was out of my depth, I'd say yes anyway, then go away and learn it. Yeah. That was it. And back then we didn't have um, internet or anything. YouTube. So we had books. We had to go and have books. The first TV show was a Great British Hairdresser, which was a competition like Great British Bake Off. And you had to enter the rehearsals and stuff like that but it's from the phone call first phone call that I got and the client told me to enter it um, 
I knew it was mine. I knew that was mine. I knew we were going up against 2,000 other others. How could I have that such a self-belief? It's the connection with people. You either connect with them, you can talk with them mm-hmm. and feel it, embrace it, let it happen. And um, don't get me wrong. There are some times where it's not worked. <laughs> it's because I truly haven't believed it. It's mine. Yeah. There was that inkling that I wasn't so convinced that that is mine. I'm, that I, I am heading there. There was something just pulling me away. And that's when you're not going to get that. It's when you're 100% conviction mm. that that's what you're going to do. And you start talking a good game and the opportunities will come in your way. If you see an opportunity, you've got to keep going for it. Some things I've turned up for, I shouldn't think oh, that's not worth going to. Yeah. And it turns into something bigger than you thought. Right. So then that TV show, um, and when it got into the house, there was 20, uh, 10 of us in the end from all over the country. And we competed against daily tasks, sometimes do two or three daily tasks. And I was rubbish. I was God awfully rubbish. And I knew I do not want to be voted out on day one. <laughs> day one, you stood up there with the judges. That's my career over. That's everything over for me. Um, and I quickly learned the power of um, showmanship to screen time. Oh, I know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act up. They're going to want me back on TV for next season. And I learned how to act and perform for TV very quickly. I adapted to my situation. Yeah. And that adaptability to adapt to any situation, that's, that's a gift yeah. that I have. And um, eventually went on to show eight, got to show eight. I started getting better. At one point, they were hearing me for the, for the grand final. And I really? got from the bottom two, from the bottom two for two weeks, and then up to the top. And then I said, in a nice, real powerful ending, I would like to leave. Did you? Yeah, I walked out. But the opportunity of winning wasn't, the win wasn't there for me. The experience and the journey and my exit right now, is going to be great TV. Powerful point. I felt it. I went, oh, it's time for me to go. Because I'm sick to death of how you're treating everybody here. You know, bad bosses have taught me how to be a good boss. Right. They've left me with that. You know, a lot of people that you don't learn much from, or you learn what you don't want to be. Yeah. So then that progressed me on to um, open my own business. And I made mistakes, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And several mixing up personalities, didn't know who I was. Um, and this current state that I'm in, I've only just this year mastered the perfect, the perfect team. I am in an abundance of perfection and it's wonderful. Really? I've just got to keep it there now. Yeah. I think when you're dealing with other people as well, I've only ever seen this once. Um, twice. <laughs> there's, there's a company I worked for and the culture was unbelievable. It was just fucking, you couldn't, everyone there, we all got on, we were there for each other. It was yeah. such fun. Every night out was amazing. It was just no drama, no bullshit. And then they tried to expand the company and then it was and a bit it, different. It changed. But as a, one of my close, closest pals, I think you might know him, uh, Matt Spears. Yes, I know Matt Spears. He's yeah. one of my closest, closest friends. Um, he's got a tattoo shop yeah. in, he's got three. He's got a tattooist in um, Dunstable called The Hand of Mysteries, shameless plug. Um, that shop, every member of staff in there, the culture in there, mm. 
is unbelievable. It is unbelievable that it's like a family in there and the yeah. way they communicate with each other. And Matt's like the dad, but he's not because he's, he's silly as well. And it's like, I, 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 a, I love having him as a friend, but mm. B, when I go into his shop, I'm like, oh my God, how have you done that? Mm. And that culture makes work not work. Yeah. Yeah. Very even true. though you're there, mm. it's not work. Mm. And, and that's where a lot of people get stuck and lost. Mm. It's like, we don't, People don't want to go to work. Mm. We don't want to work. Yeah. But if the culture was what the culture should be, work isn't work. Like this is work, mm. but this isn't work. Mm. I love this. Easy. It's still Just, work. Someone said that, like you'd never work a day in your life. I'm like, I graft. <laughs> I graft. Yes, I love it though. I yeah. love it. That's what makes me graft harder. Yeah. So go after what you do love and you work harder at it. That's yeah. Simple well, it's like having that energy to do, like if I loved painting buildings and I was paid for it, like yes, on paper it's work. But also like if you weren't paying me, I'll be painting this building. Yeah. Like, Going back to like with Matt, Matt's place, oh, uh, the family environment. It's beautiful. Yeah. If you can create that engagement, a safe place, and it, it will always start with the owner. Yeah. You are like, if I go into a room, I can ruin a room. I can also glow with a room. Yeah. I can make that room happen. Yeah. And that's the, the that, that when I tell you, you've got to keep turning up. And when I wasn't well, it was harder. When my team had my back, some of the guys that worked for me have been working for me for 17 years. That's insane. 17 years. You know, so that long a time ago when I was talking about the bad days, no, they weren't bad days. They were learning days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I learned so much. Mm. I was going to mess up. I was going to be crazy and do these things because yeah. hormones and everything else. Yeah, just sort of life in general, it was, isn't it? It was perfect at the moment. There's nothing I can look back to. Nothing I look back and feel shame and actual guilt actually is... Am I ashamed of that? Am I guilty of that? No. No, you've been a good person your whole life. Yeah. Hairdressing has kept me there because I've had to, re I've had to speak to, you know, uh, Susan, who's 65, and then come back down to my mate's level at 18, who's a party man, and have this communication with all sorts of people. And the knowledge they give me yeah. was powerful. Yeah. And I make them feel amazing at the end of it. And I share my story with them. And they become my family. So I've got a massive extended family. Mm. Now, I don't know if you, oh, you've thought about my funeral a lot. You ever think about your funeral? Who would be there? Who's standing by there? What would they say about you? Yeah. I, so I thought about this not long back. And I thought that the one of the things that was going to be a common theme for me is if I had my funeral now, everyone would turn up and go, oh, he fucking tried. He tried. He kept trying. And now he's dead. <laughs> but for me... I don't want me laughing. Uh, you know, it's a bit, a bit like, it's funny. It's a probably laugh. I want to know, I, I want to know that, that when I die, yeah. they say the same thing. He tried, he tried, and he fucking did it. He fucking did it. Yeah, I don't care whether, it's not the financial value that comes with it. Mm. It's the fact that I got what I set out to, to get being exactly who I am. Yeah. Yeah. No manipulation, no fucking shady shit. No, mm. no bullshit. Like I built this from zero and the day that I, like me and my business partner, I've got a, a, an out of our company. We know what we're doing and we've got a plan to get there. And you know, I'm 35. I'm, I reckon it'll probably take 10 years. If I get to that point, if I can do it sooner, great. But the day that I get to, to do that, mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm out. And then next thing, because that's mm -hmm. who I am. Mm -hmm. 
And I want, oh, that's what I want to be remembered for. Like, fucking hell, he did all right, didn't he? He fucking, he came from, he was the guy that was in the pub with no money, sniffing every weekend, mm-hmm. like that couldn't manage his entire life. He just couldn't do it. He was a useless idiot, but he, he had more heart than than you could fucking, you could even fathom. Like, And I trust myself with And he's that. a good person. I knew that I, deep down I, was a, I am a good person, yeah, yeah. but my behaviour doesn't exhibit that at times. It hasn't because like when you're borrowing money because you're skint and you're like, oh, gives 50 quid or you're ringing the dick, can I, can, I can I have three for a hundred and I'll pay you next week? And then before you know it, you've got loads of people chasing you for money and then you're like, oh, might as well carry on. Like yeah. you make, I made a massive, massive mess, massive mess. Yeah. Over years of making a mess means that like, it's not like um, if you were cleaning, if you like, let's say you had a party house, yeah. And you rented it out for the weekend. Yeah. And you go in, it might be in a bit of a mess if they, if they didn't clean up. But if it was going to be a party house and no one cleaned it up for 10 years, it's going to be a fucking shit old crack den, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, and that's where my life got to. It was a shit old crack den. The pinnacle. The pin- <laughs> like the, the greatest version of shit you could possibly, like, and I, yeah. I don't say that lightly. Mm. Like, and I've taken pride and like part of something I've been working on is like a bit of a personal development course. That I'm, I've been asked to do my first ski speaking gig in a while um, for Nissan in, uh, next week. Excellent. Which is nice. But I, I, I built um, a personal development course a little while ago, just based on my own experience. And one of the things that I've put in there for a framework is like this analogy of like the house. So the house, if you were buying a house to, to live in it, right. Mm. And you had an unlimited budget, which we all have inside us. Yeah. The house is you. Yeah. And the, um, your bedroom is the relationship with your partner and your kid's bedroom is your relationship with your kids. And the bathroom is how you look after yourself and your relationship with yourself. The kitchen's how you feed yourself and what active role you play in the household. And the, and the, and the living room's how you relax. The loft is where all the fucking shit is and that you've got to clear out. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a nice space up there and have that as a root. Like who knows? So the analogy for me is that, like, if you're going to buy a house, you're going to renovate it. You don't just start, right? You go around every room and you you would make an itinerary, right? The kitchen, I want a new floor. I want to pull all these things out. I've noticed a damp spot up there. There's probably a leak then. So then what you would do is you would list out all the things that you were going to do in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You would then define which bits you need help with. Yeah, you'd get the people in to help with that. The rest of the stuff that you, you wanted do to yourself. do yourself, you or do try. yourself or try, yeah. you know? And and when you look at things objectively like that, like how do, do I want my life to look? If I'm renovating this house to be everything that I want it to be, am I going to do it according to budget or am I going to extend my budget by working hard? Mm. You know what I mean? Your budget is your effort, yeah? And the effort you put into your relationship or your kids or your fucking health and well-being. Mm you will yield results. People aren't shredded with six packs because they like Dan Jones, you know, Dan Jones, PT. Every time I look at him, he's just in unbelievable shape. He lives with me. Does he? He's <laughs> my housemate. He's amazing. He's, he's got he's a, my room. He's a good lad. I love him. Um, but he's not in that shape by accident. He does the work. He eats the food. He does the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get that. If you want the business, the business comes with doing the work, creating the business, having yeah. the staff. Yeah. Doing the, the vision. The vision. Mm. Right. Anything requires that. But mm. if you're what you don't get in a plane and, and go, right, I'm going to go to Tenerife. Where's that? I don't know. Just point it that way and go. Mm. You have to have a clear plan. You know, to need to have route, what route you're taking, what time you're setting off, what mm. time you're getting back. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. 
Mm. I'm going to make there, him. There is a lot of things of just giving it a chance and giving it a go. Well, you could fly a plane naturally. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're going a bit off piste. Yeah. But you would if you, you if you took the time to figure out where you're going, yeah. you're still going to end yeah. up there, right? Yeah. You might go the fucking long yeah. way. I did a lot of winging it. Yeah, a we lot did. of winging it. Yeah. It's all winging it, in isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of when I didn't think I was good enough, mm. just giving it a go, just give it a go. It's yeah. those, there's those times where I think a lot of people fail because they're scared of failing. I'm not scared of failing. I'm throwing myself straight at it. Yeah, man. I'm not scared of getting in that ring in front of 800 of my friends and failing. I wasn't scared of that. I was scared of not performing to me, for me, not have I done enough in that ring to box this man who's, you know, a scaffolder, just come out of prison. Brilliant. You know, <laughs> and I'm going to go and fight this geezer. Yeah, and I gave it my all, um, but I did the work. And I kept turning up consistency. Devotion to that was unreal. But to do something different, that's another thing that I'd like to touch on. What are you doing? That's totally different. Like totally freaking different, like to shock your whole nervous system into learning a new skill. And very quickly, because it's going to hurt you if you don't. Yeah. You know, like let's say you wanted to learn to skydive. You're going to, you're going to put the time in. You're not just going to turn up and get in there and embarrass (laughs) yourself. You've got to learn a new thing. And I think a lot of people who are men that get older, they stop and they get consistent and complacent. I'm never content. People say, well, you're never content. I'm like, that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I I don't want to be, that's my quickest way to depression, contentment. I'm sitting. Yeah. I think, you know, most men, when they hit retirement, they die. I don't, I want to keep working. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to cut hair for the rest of your life. God, no. No. Am I going to be a hairdresser for the rest of your life? God, no. I've got to get out because I've mastered it. I've mastered it. I was 14th in the country. I'm getting the next toll today to see where I placed. Oh yeah. 14th. All right. That's amazing. And I still don't feel good enough. I still don't think well, I we have- just established there's hundreds of thousands. It's funny how your brain's like, yeah, still not good enough. I'm still it's not like- good enough. I'm yeah. still not good. I've still got somewhere to go. It's always another level. Always how do you, how level. is it ranked? How, how does the ranking work? I don't work? know. I was yeah. making this stuff up. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll take it. So this year is the first time I haven't entered British hairdresser of the year or any competition. You've won loads of times, haven't you? Yeah, we've, I've won it for other people. I've won it for myself. I've won business awards. I've won all this. And what a crocker shit that's been. <laughs> All Brilliant. I've done there is feed someone else's pocket. It's got me to where I need to be, though. True. I had to turn up. I had to enter. I had to give my artist- artistic impression to the you know, creative side of things. But I've realised now in my last year that I didn't need those things. I took the ego away. There's no ego left. Put the ego aside, what's left. Well, art is, art is subjective anyway. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? So was those, those it's like competition. someone could walk into this empty, empty studio and they could look at it and be like, you know, oh, it's just a fucking podcast studio. But then you might have some, someone walk in and be like, so many dreams were shared in this room and the visual, like, you well, know that's what I mean? how I looked at it when I walked in. Yeah. It's cool. Listen, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, Stuart, Stuart Carter from the, the podcast studio in Milton Keynes, shameless plug. Um, he can't hear me because he's got headphones on. Um, is, um, yeah, what he's done in this place is brilliant. And, yeah. I, and you know, I love being around people that are trying stuff. Yeah. And um, when, when you're in a position where people are trying stuff, you can get into that, that state of where people are trying stuff and it's just not working. Like when you're in the lower levels of like effort, right. But then you see people that are doing like mm. setting up and doing like, this was an idea and now it's here and yeah. we've got Action. it. Yeah. Like, um, like the start of this year. So the company that I was working for, 
Um, I was doing a bit of work to try and set something up. I offered it to them. They didn't want it. Got to a place where they ended up firing me for some sort of breach of a contract. <laughs> legal. Then I got these big legal things, all this sort of stuff. But in the course of this year, from zero, I've raised some money to start my business. Like not a little bit, quite uh-huh. a bit. Got my business started, accepted my life for where it was at. And I've built everything from zero. We've got a CRM system. We've got every conceivable like metric in place. We've mm. got everything there, mm. right? And it's working. And Do it's you believe going in yourself right now? I like. I didn't believe in myself. No, right now. Right now, fuck me, yeah. Fuck me, and that's what other people will see now. Well, I believe it. That I have sheer to believe conviction in myself. of what you're doing is in you. God, I know you're serious. Yeah. I feel it. Mm. You can feel someone's energy. You can feel a con artist, can't you? Yeah, yeah. You can feel them. Yeah. It's 50 quid, please, man. <laughs> yeah, they get you. Yeah. But when, this is, when you're a true, authentic self yeah. and you're sincere and you hold a good integrity, I only learned what integrity meant this year. It's a mad thing, isn't it? Well, I learned that at the start of this year. You wouldn't believe it. We aren't taught on the common values as men. We're not taught on the common values of honour and, and integrity and respect. And like... We think respect is shutting up when your teacher's talking. Yeah. 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 No, respect's not talking shit about your mate when he's not there. Yeah. The integrity. Integrity. <laughs> yeah. It took me a five-year-old girl to teach me that. Really? I said, what's integrity, dear? She said, always do the right thing when no one's watching. I was Gangster. Like, My goodness. You win. <laughs> <laughs> Completed it, mate. And to hold that, I've started noticing other men around me that I don't want around me. I surround myself with good people sure. and I'm choosing my friends now. My friends list is totally different to what it was six years ago. Yep. I still hold Same. on to a few yep. and that's okay as well. Not to be the most popular person, stay in your lane, see what's right. Yep. My partner is my best friend. Yep. My children are my best friend. That's what's carrying me for the future. And yep. those, those men that are staying with me now, and a lot of those the people I've met this year are my best self. Some people want to hang on to you because you're poorly or you, you're in the same crowd, or some people like the poorly you. They don't like the new you. Well, the new you holds a mirror up to them. That's it. That's what I'd like to say. It shows you for your true colours of where you're going. They're scared of coming with me. Well, it, like yeah, I, people I, it fall happens away, to me a they? lot. Yeah, well, they fall off because like, 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 the complexity of our conversation. Mm. Yeah, the, the depth it can go, the honourable, the, the, the vulnerable, the, all of the balls that you yeah. could probably yeah. assign to this, this conversation is that a lot of people can't go to that place. Mm. And when you sit, I could sit with somebody in front, in front of somebody in the pub and I could talk to them and say, Do you know what? Like you might think, I think I know everything about everything. And you might think I'm fucking this guy and he's got a podcast and a business and all that shit. Mm. I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. And I am just turning up every day. Mm. And I wake up in the morning and I think, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Like fucking hell, I've exposed who I am to the world for what I am trying to be. Healing. And I am healing myself by going, do you know what? If you don't like me, eat a massive dick and go somewhere else, right? Mm. Probably would say they're not less, your less, people. Yeah, they're not my people, they're man. Not your people. My people and are my okay. people, and when I've got my people, I like my people because I can be me. Yes, yeah, I will not rot in myself by being what I think you need me to be. But when you leave here, you're not. Yeah. I'm like, oh, do you do you like me? Do you like do you like me? Yeah. Like, no, they're all, I'm eating pizza. Like, I don't even care. And I'm like, yeah, but do you like me? Like, it's just well, too much. If you like, get to that space. That's a good space. It's it? liberating when you go like, 
well, I'm, when I'm in the gym, right, my moments for me are in the gym, right, and I've got a very specific music I listen to. It's weird as fuck, but I'm completely okay with it, right? And I've got my headphones in the gym, and I'll be dancing around. It'll be five o'clock in the morning, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, I do not care. Yeah. And it's so liberating because, A, yeah. dancing for me and a thing that I do. You put me to a party, I am dancing. Yeah, yeah. but in the gym, I'll have a little scoot about. I'll enjoy myself. I don't yeah. care who's watching. Yeah, because it's me. Yeah. I'm expressing the thing that feels all right to me. And the only thing that's uncomfortable in this is how you feel about it. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm dancing about in the gym. What are you doing, mate? What you. Why is it not all right for you? You're in a queue. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. You know, you're queuing up to the aeroplane. Yeah. You have a little bop to your headphones. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. And, people, and the thing is, it comes to a point where people are looking at you with envy. Yeah, yeah. And go, I want, I want a bit of what he's got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's free as well. He's free. He's free. Yeah. To lose yourself, to be playful is a beautiful thing. Like in my men's groups, we, we roar. Yeah, yeah. Like that's lions. hard to do though. And yeah, and then you got to be all yeah, feminine. Oh my god! Well, not in front of a load of men. We're going to be feminine. I'm uh, accidentally feminine. Yeah. Well, I think the balance between masculine and feminine is a powerful man. I mean, look how I'm sat. Like, <laughs> I think I'm mirroring you as sorry, well. Like, I've mirrored you. Like, like, I've mirrored you. Look. Fe fe feminine for me, right? So my feminine element is something I'm not ashamed of, right? I can be soft. I can be delicate. We can go deep. I want to talk. I'll mm. talk for hours. Mm. Like I want to talk about all things. Yeah. I want to know you, someone intimately. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my feminine. Yeah? yeah. The masculine is like, but I, if something happens at all, I will protect you with every fiber of my being. Yeah. I will give everything I am to this pursuit of my life. That masculinity for me is like picking up the phone, making the calls you don't want to make, going to the gym, training when you don't want to eat. Like for me, parenting as a dad, mm. like I wasn't, my, my, the structure of my upbringing was very different. It was very antiquated roles. Mum did all things in the house. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, that would be a lovely thing to do. But these day and age, I like, I take care of all things. Yeah. Cook, clean, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of all things. Mm. Yeah. And that's how I take care I of someone has to do that now. Yeah. Well, soon, mate. Soon. <laughs> soon. soon there was a thing. I don't want to waste my time doing shit like that. Like, yes, the effort is great, but mm. also, like, for what, 75 quid a week? Somebody come and do it for me? Yes, please. Yes, like, please. one day. Or are you busy doing something else? Yeah. Only do that when you can, like, um, physically. Okay, how much do I pay them? How much can I earn for that hour? How much can I pay someone for that hour? Yeah. That's how business happened for me. Yeah. Is that I couldn't read and write. I couldn't um couldn't do my accountancy. You know, it's not that I couldn't, I just didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm good at this. I'm good at this bit. I'm I need to be better at this bit. Yeah, yeah. And and then I need recruits and I need these people. And those jobs now I, I have I have an accountancy. Yeah. I have this one, I have this person, I have this person, I have this person. Soon enough, you got a business. And that was, that was incredible. So yeah. the, I had a goal. I manifested this dream of having the salon that I've got now. Oh, it's beautiful. Which I own outright. I own it. It's mine. No, there's no lease. Nobody to govern me. I'm not very good with people govern, governing yeah, me. Yeah, leadership. Yeah. Let alone my wife doing it to me or my children having yeah. a hold on me. So I always knew that was my destination. Now, my destination was to have- You own that outright? Outright. Mortgage-free, unencumbered. Done. Gangster Deal. Shit. Done. Uh, and I couldn't afford it. I had to then convince other people to buy it with me. And uh, that, was, that was like, how believable are you? That's why I said, do you really believe in yourself? I really believed I could make this, this work. And I didn't have enough to do it. You've got resources. lots of chairs in there, haven't you? 40. 
40 chairs. 40 chairs. We've got Academy. Um, we've got the restaurant in the garden, you over with Stuart, Stuart Wright. That's yours. That's not mine, it's Stuart's. We own the complex and that we all came in together. It was shut. It was the, the Even gates the lease on, the on that then pay as well. Yeah, right? that was, it just happened. And I couldn't afford it. All the way the up to the end. Yeah, so you've got the um, you've got the alleyway and then the big building. So you've got so, Nuovo at the back. Yeah, and that, that's that 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 bit there. Uh, that bit there, and then the, and then the big the building. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we managed to buy it somehow, Maybe. somewhere. We just knew we had to give it a go mm. and keep going towards that dream. If the dream isn't going to be a reality, it will tell you at some point. But I would have been more disappointed not chasing it. Mm. I've got another dream now. Is now I've done that. I've got to British hairdresser number one. I've done two seasons Amazing. of body fixers. Yeah, you know, I, I completed fucking Netflix. <laughs> like what a tick. That came at the right time Amazing. when I was down on my ass, turned the TV on, my face pops up and I was like, am I tripping balls? Because they didn't tell me. Really? And then so you know, I'm on fucking Netflix. So That's I, so someone's good. just throwing me another bone. Now get up, go. Really? Yeah, I've lost everything, Daniel. Yes, your salon's shut, but you can still do this. So I went online. I started teaching online for free. And then people came and that started paying my bills. There's always another way. Are you willing to How long to ago was this? That was COVID. Really? Oh, because they shut everything down. Oh, shut, they? man. I couldn't. I had my arms cut behind my head, cut, cut off. You know, that was horrible for a hairdresser. Horrible. Did they? Because it was every, everyone was self-employed as well, were they? Well, no, I employ everybody. Oh, so then they- I didn't get paid. They got paid. Fuck. And then I paid tax on them but I had to keep my team, keep everyone going. So I would check in with them, realising that I should check in with everyone across the world. Because mm. if I'm feeling like that, I might have something to offer you and help. Mm. Went for a massive breakup at that time. Just had a baby and breaking up, separated house. Oh, it was chaos. Chaos. Um, but you survive it. There's always brighter days. There is always going to be a better day. It has to be. And then when you, go to, when you get to the, the time where I wanted to commit suicide, mm. yeah, you either commit suicide or you go on a path of never ha- feeling like that again. Mm. Never going to feel like that again. What have I got to that was too close to the bone? Yeah. So what have I fucking got to do? Mm-hmm. And I've got to do that work I've st- not, never done. And I know what it is. And it's funny how the underlying theme of those moments is always the healing. Yeah. Every time. Every time. It's not anything else. Like, oh, my life's a mess again. My life's a mess again. What did you do this time? Mm. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can also be outside things, but there's also massive things that you're playing a part in. Yeah. Healing first. It, like, if I could give any, any advice to an 18-year-old now, mm. my personal opinion, is have a look at who you are. While you're still young enough to, your mind is still formable, mm. go and do a bit of work on yourself. Get on a fucking plane, go to Peru for a few months, mm. go and explore, go and travel, sit with some plant medicines mm. and figure yourself out. Mm. Then come back to the world. Yeah. Responsibly. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, yeah. Don't these, fucking go and these crazy plant, shit. These plant medicines are becoming quite a, um, the opposite of what they should be used for. Now. Sure. They're getting abused. Yeah. So when we speak about plant medicines so openly, I do it in such controlled, uh, it's really controlled. Yeah. I know who's with me, who's doing it. 
the purpose of why I'm doing it. It's not about just getting high. It's not about, it's, ne- it's never been about getting high for me no. at all. Oh my God, it's horrendous. It's horrible. <laughs> There's nothing nice about why it. Why would you treat yourself to that? Mate, it was like, I, I, I joked with my, my shaman, right? Look, so when we go into these ceremonies, yeah, there is nothing light about it. Mm. I'm on a diet for two weeks. Mm. I'm doing a dieta. Like I'm going into it properly. I'm, I'm going with an intention. I see it. Like even the pre-ceremony, sometimes Mm. I think that the blessing of the medicine goes on for so long, Mm. but but that's part of the tradition is that that's what changes the context. It's not me and Barry sitting in some geezer's fucking flat that we've got off of some guy and we're going to drink ayahuasca in his flat and hopefully heal ourselves and then go for it like and have a Toblerone when we're finished. Do you know what I mean? It's just not like that. It's it's like this deeply spiritual practice with people that are way ahead of you in this world that are there to teach you. Like one of the worst ones I had, right? So for hours and hours and hours, I've had this horrible experience. Yeah. And it was like, and we went deep. I drank, it was a one-to-one ceremony, which is normally there's like 10 or 15 of us. It was a one-to-one ceremony. It was horrible. Right. But every shake of the Chikapa was for me. Every Ikaro, like they do Ikaro's chanting and stuff like that. Every single syllable was for me. It was all for me. Yeah. And I went to this horrible place where the medicine showed me how I really felt about myself. Mm. And it was like this, like this horrible, like you're the most, like one of the visions was, I was the most disgusting human being on the planet. Like everybody, do you know, like something really bad comes out in the paper and everyone's just like, like Ian Huntley level there. Yeah. But I come out as this fucking horrible man who like done drugs and like, just like this horrible sequence of things. And it was just like the whole world wanted me to die. And it got to a point where even in the trip, it was like, not the trip of the journey. It was like, uh, even my own family, they were like, we don't act like it was it's got to a point where they weren't even bothered. Like that. I was trying to wanted to kill myself. They were like, it doesn't even matter that you exist anymore. Mm. Kill yourself or not. I don't want, you are no longer part of our lineage. That was the depth of the experience mm. to me. That's not a fun thing to do. It was a horrible place to visit. Mm. And that took me months to process that. And that's really how I felt about myself. Years of conditioning, three, eight, three ceremonies it took to shift that. Mm. And when it came up, I cried my eyes out. Mm. And it was just like, that was real work. That was the work. That's the work. Mm. Face how you feel about yourself. Yeah. There's no other, no other way. There are other ways of doing it. But that one has been the best one for me. Same for me. To shake that shit out of my gut. Mine was grief. Really? I've met grief. Because when my dad died. A serious grief. And it's Christmas day, I didn't grieve. How old were you? Eight. Yeah, happy Christmas. And that moment there, I went into shock. I speak to my mum recently and she said, you know, you, you sat still, quiet. Your brother was roaring. Your brother roared the house down. We got the doctors out to your brother and she said, uh... He's, he's expressing, it's fine. I'm more worried about him. He's not said a word. I just sat there and I just accepted that my brother was hurting, so I need to be there for him. And I never then realised that I hadn't grieved. I, I didn't go to my father's funeral. I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't believe it. I, and then all years I trapped that in me. So the first thing that this plant medicine gave me was pain in my, in my lower gut. 
put me to the floor, passed out, went inwards, and my whole body looked like it was searching for what I've come here with the intention of searching. It went through my lungs, my heartbeat. I could see the connection, the connected bits in my body. And then it went there, there it is. And it went, boom, brought it back up. And I was like, whoa, I'm back. And then there was my dead, dead dad's head in my, in my lap. And it wouldn't move. And as much as I wanted to get away from it, it stayed. I went outside. Oh, I can't deal with that. I'm fucking, I'm fucking freaking out, guys. Went back in and there it is. Like GPS had just put it there. And the shame was, you have to go and do the work now. And I just sat with him and, and I sobbed like a child would sob. You know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole body. Oh, oh my God. And I hadn't yeah. done that for so many years to get it out. And then it would, and I'll be oh tensing up. Oh, God. And tensing up. And then, and then I went through the, oh, I just went through it. And I, all, and I just remember exchanging, I, um, you know, like, I miss you. I miss you. And I could feel him saying it back. Mm. I could hear his voice. And I was like, this is as fucking real as this is real. And uh, I'm as real as it needs to be. Oh my God. And it weren't moving. It weren't like tripping from one thing to another. You did the work once that was done. And then he said, you have to let me go. And I'm like, cause I've never, I've never forgiven him or let him go. Mm-hmm. I've kept him. I've, I'm keeping you like, you're my, that's the only bit of my dad I can have. It's a memory of you being alive. I don't remember you dead. You didn't die. You didn't kill yourself. You didn't leave me as an eight-year-old boy to defend to the fucking sexual beasts that were waiting for me at home. You were my only protector and I idolised you and you fucking left me. You fucking left me. Oh. And that, for me, and then to say I forgive you all these years later, you know, I was, was fucking, I was like, okay, okay, I've got you. And then it went on to do violent things and I was fighting demons, fighting the guy who sexually abused me and I killed his spirit. Turns out he's fucking dead five days later. That shit. So That's I'm like, come on, come on. Really? Did you like fucking really? hell? Yeah, well, you knew he was going to prison. Because this year, 41, all right, what's in my closet? Yeah, all right. I carry that with me, but that's not my energy. You can have that back now, motherfuckers. You can have that back. You sexually abused me as a child. You're done. I'm, f- I'm, not, ge- I'm not waiting for grandma to die so I can just put you and t- call you out. You're still hurting people. So I dealt with that. Just fucking dealt with it. No matter what, police have been rubbish. But <laughs> <laughs> grief, grief is something that will ruin you if you don't deal with it or express it as a mm. man. As a man, we're taught to hold on to things, to be the macho. You can't see anyone make you cry, but a, a, a real man cries. A real man does cry and bellow, bellow it out. And I, that's, but that's the, that, that's the space, right? And this is where I, I really respect what you're saying. And I think there's a caveat to it. Yeah, it's nuanced in the sense that bellow, cry, mm. get it out, own it. Yeah, that is not going to be the reason you cause shit in your life. Mm. Yeah, because if you don't do the bellowing and the tears and the crying, that is going to leak out into the world with you and you're going to cause some fucking shit. Yeah. If, like when stuff happens, feel the feeling, man. Mm. Face it, allow it in. It's going to hurt for weeks, months. That's cool. It shall pass. It's normal. Mm. You need to feel that. When you shy away, you run away from it, you drink, you take drugs, you do whatever thing you need to do to go and get rid of that feeling. Mm. Yeah. 
It's never leaving. It's always there. It's always. Go and face it. Sit with it. Nurture it. Nurture yourself. Inner work. Inner child work. Like the inner work. The reparenting for me is massive. If, if I'm getting, if I'm flapping and I'm getting something wrong, I'll sit myself down. And I'll say, listen, I'm the adult here. Yeah. Right? I understand why you're feeling this way. Yeah. Because I was, I never felt safe to express as a child. Like whatever I was feeling, yeah. it was always, I just never felt safe. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, you are the adult, and I've got you, and I've got, always had you, and we're cool. Mm. And I just reparent myself, and like, even if I'm being clumsy around people that I love, I'm oh, sorry I did that. Mm. I guess I was feeling this way. I've not mm. dealt with this bit maybe too much, and I'm working well, it on takes that. Now. Guts, doesn't it? But you just have to reveal, like, look, we're we're not like because, let's say for me at the moment, right? If a part of a relationship is triggering for me. Yeah, all relationships are triggering. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't manifest the bravery to say exactly how I'm really feeling mm. without blame, mm. because first, yeah. you go, well, this isn't your fault or my fault. This is just how I'm feeling. Mm. I've never exp expressed these feelings before. They've just manifested in me sulking or being cross or being angry or thinking you don't love me or whatever. I just want to express this is how I'm feeling. These are the things that have happened that have made me feel like that. Mm. These, these aren't your fault. This is how I'm feeling. Is that all right? Yeah, that's cool. I've got you. And if that space you can find being held where you nurture yourself and you give yourself permission to feel, mm. what mm. else is there? You're not carrying it around harboured on. When you're doing that work, what you're doing is opening up your heart. Yeah. You're opening up this space to allow your woman to feel that she can open her heart, yeah, and that trust, and then you, you know, the, the penetration that we ha that gives us, like how they speak about their women in Peru, yeah. Oh my god, and my woman, she gave birth and she went through this pain to deliver me a son, yeah. Oh fucking hell. I've never spoke about women like and now I've started to change my language of how I talk to my woman, how I tell her I love her without her asking me. Tell her these things that she needs to hear. You're beautiful. You're kind. Thank you for doing that laundry. Thank it's you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. That like oh, so much that it becomes normal, and it's almost like I have created another woman here who is so she trusts me. So much now, her heart is truly open, and she trusts me to, to you know, to penetrate. That's a unique thing to find, but like, and this is what I think the world has got wrong. We think we're just going to run around and find that. No, you got. You make may it. find you that. You, you may find it. that initially, but if mm. you're not healed, you're fucking creating worse shit. Mm. You're going to cause more trauma. Mm. How many people have you watched? Me particularly. I get into relationships and I make a mess. Mm. So I'm not healed. Yeah, and starts I, with us. And that, that honeymoon period, that brief window of beautiful love oh, the that we all get. That you turned up yeah. with. Oh, yeah. I will do anything for you. But then the real yeah. shit comes out and it's like, I'm a yeah, twat. Because you're not your authentic self. No. If you could be your authentic self on your first date, you wouldn't have any dates. <laughs> would you? <laughs> nah. So yeah, throw yourself in at the deep end, show your true authentic self. I think, um, I don't know if you've heard this, um, Gary Brecker talks about this in the sense that um, I don't know if you've heard of Gary Brecker, incredible guy. 
and he talks about the fact that the um, that they've measured the frequencies of people, right? And they've measured various frequencies, yeah. And we always thought love was the greatest frequency, mm. yeah. But the the, the highest frequency by four thousand times is authenticity. Yeah, your greatest ability to admit the highest frequency is being authentic. When you're authentic self, mad isn't it? Yeah. But, but I'm only being my authentic self now because yeah. I like myself. Yeah. Because I'm not doing those things I didn't like about myself. But we didn't, you don't feel the shame that you felt towards the feelings that you had because, you know, well, that's yeah. not who I am. I'm just feeling yeah. that because yeah. they did that to me 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, this happened to me then. Like, yeah. oh, that's that feeling. Yeah. Oh, she's not abandoned you. Yeah, just because you don't want to sleep with you tonight, she's not abandoned you. And the rejection and the pain. It's well, I like, don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. But that rejection, yeah. uh, it's an abandonment. Yeah. It's a wound. Yeah. Why me? Don't you love me? If you think about it like a child, like mm. you should be able the to be rejected. Abandonment is, is yeah. massive, isn't it? You know? well, am I not good enough? Don't you love me? You're the only thing in the world that I need. Do you love me? Mm. Come on, please. Like, uh, do you ever get annoyed? Like um, my, my partner will get annoyed. Um, or I'll get annoyed when she's saying, do you love me? Do you love me? And this, and I'll get slightly annoyed because I'm like, am I not showing you enough love? Hang on, Dan. What, what was that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like catch yourself, catch yourself, have a word with yourself and just tell her what she needs to hear. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Sometimes. Like, so all relationships are hard. Don't get it wrong. Don't mm. get it. Don't get me wrong. But it, so everybody needs, needs love and attention in a specific way. And for us to find what your partner's way is, is mm. the magic because you can nurture that and you eliminate the questions. Oh yeah, that's it. If you nurture that, you eliminate the question. Yeah. If she's nagging you for these things, eliminate the nagging by going, why does she need that? What didn't she get? And yeah. how can I bridge that gap for her? If, I, if you, because it goes back to that point yeah. I made earlier. Yeah. Like, if you want them to exhibit behaviours that you need from them, you have to manifest the behaviours that they need from you. Mm. And you have to learn that person in order to give them the behaviour. And it's not like merit. It's not like, here's a treat. Here's a treat. It's, it's like, look, I love you enough to really try. Mm. And if I do that, your effort's your thing. I'm not yeah. going to expect. Yeah. And then when that comes back, you go, oh, that was good. That's yeah. what I needed. Yeah. It's you know, a nice place to be. You, it's it's like we we pay we pay. Oh, hold on, mate. <laughs> we pay into the to the synergy. Yeah. You have to pay into the synergy. You invest in a relationship. A relationship is like the Disney movies have made this bullshit representation that some princess in a fucking tower is going to wait for this geezer on a horse to turn up and fucking save her from her long old hair. You know what I mean? What, what's actually going to happen is two of you are going to bump into each other at some point in time and you're going to have to figure out how to treat each other. Yeah. And you're going to have to decide that person is going to be good enough for you to give that effort. Mm. And that's what we struggle with because women innately with men will put the effort in. The men are normally traumatised and wounded, walking around, making a mess, mm. I would class. Like, mm. I know more traumatised women from lads that have started sleeping with them, got them pregnant, can't stop sniffing and drinking, keep disappearing off. They're pregnant mm. at a thing that they're doing, A, which is the most complex thing a woman can do in terms of like physiologically, physiologically, mm. um, but also emotionally, they've waited for this moment forever. Mm. 
and you're ruining it. Yeah. You're ruining you're ruining that moment for them. When you they want the strong masculine male, let's go, I've got you in this moment. Yeah, I've got you. I've got you yeah, in this moment. Yeah. And well, how would you think they're gonna treat you? Oh, he's my prince. Yeah, he is your prince because he fucking acted like a prince, treated mm. you like royalty. Yeah. Not like some common slag <laughs> from down the pub. Yeah. I, I I hang out with men now that have and talk about their women lovely. Talk about other women. Really lovely. Yeah. I will not tolerate somebody that will um, be disgusting. Like, I don't like it anymore. Mm. Back in my day, we used to have banter. Yeah. Banter gross, about yeah. these things. And I'm careful on what information my my brain receives. Yeah. Like I will not have that. Right. And I will, I will judge you on that as well because like, that's me. And I will quickly make more assumptions now who I want in my life and who I'm going to talk to. Yeah. Well, it's a raised, it's a raised level of awareness. Yeah. The awareness now. Yeah. I feel like when, when I've, when I've healed myself to a certain point, I'm not healed. P.S. I'm going, I have difficulties, right? But the work that I've done, it allows me to go, "Mm, I can read this situation much better. I I can stand in a room now and I can look around and go, I can see you're hurting. I can see it in your yeah, face. Can you see that? I can see it. Yeah. Like, That's powerful. I can see the lot. And like the thing is, is like sometimes you can't even encourage them to open up about it yeah. because the truth comes, the, the truth doesn't come out. It's the story. Yeah. The most dangerous thing that the human being has in order to eliminate themselves from the actual healing process yeah. is to continue to live in the story. Yeah. This happened, that happened, that, this, yeah. that, that, that. Fine. Mm. It doesn't define you. doesn't yeah. define you but what are you really feeling about it? Mm. The problem isn't that. It's how you're feeling about it. Mm. I felt abandoned. I felt lost. I felt, I felt abandoned in this moment. And I guess when I sat there, like I was depressed and I was sad and I just wanted my mum to love me. Like if you express the truth, Mm. not, well, who did this and she did that and they did this. It's like this long, horrible story that doesn't liberate you from your feelings mm. because the story in fact enforces the narrative. Mm. That's why I'm like this, that there. Oh, that's horrible. That is. Yes, of course it's fucking horrible. I bet you've told people about your journey and everyone's like, fucking hell. Well, I have too. When, you know, we talk about the car accident and stuff like that. It's mm. like, fucking hell, I didn't know. It's like, yeah, but that's not the problem. Mm. They can't see that. They it's me that, yeah. in here is the yeah. problem. I never once rang my drug dealer and was like, oh, mum and daddy didn't love me. Can I have a few bags? I didn't even think about it. It just, yeah. I'm just like, it's, yeah. See, I never did drugs when I was sad. Didn't you? Never. Never. Oh, no. I don't, but they caused the sadness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always did it when I was on a high. I've had a good time. Let's carry on with the good time. I want to hold on to the good time. Yeah. And then know that, that, that I've got a crash coming. Yeah, it's weird. When I was sad, I'd just smoke weed. Smoke weed and just sit still, it's be calm and try to find All changing how you feel though. We it? all had a coping mechanism. Mm. But quitting smoking was my best one. <gasps> Taking a breath. Oh, that's a bit yeah. amazing. I quit as well. I quit. Um, so I, I made the stupid transition because I didn't want to smell a smoke anymore because all of a sudden I thought that was weird when we were brought, I was brought out and drink smoking in fags, fags in fucking pubs and that. Like yeah. you could sit in these smoky rooms. And now it's like, like someone walks in with a fag after a fag. I'm like, fuck it now. So I quit smoking, but then I got onto vaping and like, that's even more dangerous. They're t- 10 that. times as strong. And they're, they're like, Gosh. I was smoking loads of them and I'll, I'll be in bed and I'll like, wake up in the middle of the night and I'm trying to find my vape. Like trying to 
They love it, don't they? Keep us addicted to yeah, something. Yeah, something, mate. It's like, yeah, strawberry death. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just fucking, I, all of a sudden, I just stopped about three months ago after a, after a mushroom ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, I did that in Bali for the first yeah. time. Uh, mushrooms in Bali. Yeah. Not that I, you know, I, I, it's funny, funny thing is, the most beautiful experience, but you don't go rushing back. Nah. I, uh, I, I had a bit, a bit of a heroic dose. So I did, I did quite a large dose and I did it via lemon tech as well. So, mm. um, yeah, I had a fucking full ego death. Yeah. It was horrible. Oh, it was the, yeah, were, again, another horrible, like people think, oh, I can't do acid. I can't do mushrooms. Like, mate, I've had some of the most breakthrough experiences on acid yeah. in my life. I'm very, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence, even though I've done it and I've practiced it. I used it because I wanted to use it for that specific thing. Yeah. And it, I did it as a medical procedure. Yeah. Surgical. Yeah. There's no, there's no having fun with that. It's and not I, I did that, but you know, any, any of these things that are opening up parts of your brain that have gone to quiet, mm-hmm. that's what I see it as. Yeah, yeah. And it will shake something up and, and activate a little kind of the neurons. Yeah, and it. you're alive, you're in it and you're in the present. As you say, you see color better, you hear better, you receive things better and you're more open. But now, where I'm at now in my life is um, I know where I'm going to be. I can set, I've set my 10 year goal. There's my plan. There's my goal. My goal is to own a hotel in a hot country with a view, a view of beautiful trees and hills and, and have a little lake. How do I get there? Okay, so I've got this humble home that I have, this humble salon that I've got. And it's, they're mine. They're beautiful. And now I'm paying for that off. I could be happy where I'm at. Happy there. Something uh, else to bite on. I've got to go for the next level. I've got to keep evolving, keep driving, have a go. So I'm remortgaging everything, literally everything, remortgaging. So I'm going to have the highest output at the highest time in, and, I, and it's like, well, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. Yeah. And if you didn't do it, would you hate yourself that you didn't try? So I've set a realistic goal. This time I've got more to lose. So Where risk is high. So I have to do my calculations. So I figured out my market research backdrop. So I'm going to franchise. I'm going to rebrand. Daniel Granger is gone. It's finished. And I'm going to call it something else and create a brand and an awareness of this model. It's called Hotel Hair. And Hotel Hair is this totally different concept of salons that are going to go like a fucking steam train through England and hopefully Europe. And that, and I've got some backing because I'm conviction that I've been thinking and manifesting this idea for long enough. Let's go. Are you willing to put your mouth money where your mouth is? Yeah, I am now because I believe in it. So it's going to work. It has to work. These are the moments that you take. Like, you know, I've spoken to some serious entrepreneurs and most of them have said everything I've ever done, I've had to use somebody else's money for. I've had to leverage other people's money, either whether that's the banks, whether that's a mortgage, you have to leverage somebody else's money. Leverage trust. Yeah. But that leverage it's leverage on your desires and your goals, mm. but your capacity to execute against them. Mm-hmm. Like that's where, like, I think it's the most exciting thing. And look, I, I think we should, we're getting close to, to wrap up time on this, but mm. I just wanted to say, that I wish you absolutely the best of luck with that. Mm. I, I would be interested to interview you again. In a couple of years' time. See where I'm at. See where you're at. See where this is at. See where I'm at. See where you're at. Because. That's a deal. 
I just love this stuff. Yeah. I love this stuff because it's about the- This day next year. This day right. next year, yeah. This day next year, where do you want to be? Where do you want to, where, you should, or you should already know. I do know, I okay, know. so where are you going to be? Uh, five, five, f- I need, I need at least five figures a month landing in my account. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to um, be at least three properties deep. So yep. out in the market and I want to be um, at least looking at my future gated property. That doesn't require much. I'm not. It, it's all realistic. It's all realistic. It's if realistic. I can get to the position of the 10 a month mm-hmm. minimum take home. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking beautiful house. Bear mm. in mind that, that, you know, a beautiful house is going to need. You're probably going to need two or three a month for it. Mm. Yeah. Which is 30% of my income. Mm-hmm. Let's say I drop another couple of grand on the expenses of living there. So mm. I put 50% of my income. If I can't live on five a month comfortably, Mm. I've got something wrong with me. Cause you're quite generous to yourself there. You know I, mean? I live on less. Do you? I live on a lot less. Do you? Yeah, a lot less. But you live nicely though. I live lovely. Yeah, I live lovely. I live lovely. 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 I am. Um, I give away a lot. Good. Give away a huge amount of my wealth. Do you? A huge amount. Yeah. That's so yeah. Nice. And um, it's bit me on the ass a few times, but I it gives me life. My people are my people. Yeah. You're coming with me. That's nice. I'm not selfish at all. There's not a selfish body, bone in my body. We don't need, we don't, we as people don't need loads. Like for me, the house, whatever the figures I've just quoted there are all circumstantial rate and time and place mm. and what deposit. It's a I'm nice got. goal, isn't it? I, but if you're not thinking, right, if that's the plan, I don't know how am I going to get there? Mm. The three properties, mm. I'm in, I'm in finance. Mm. I work in that world. If I'm not figuring out a way to make money using other people's money, mm. there's something wrong with me. Mm. I have business partners. I have associates. People want you to use their money. I, I'm a, I'm, I have people around me that yeah. we are, we are, we are doing things. We're making investments. We're building a business out. Yeah. We have like where we're at in our journey, every business that we speak to that utilize our facility, like this is a fucking brilliant idea. Mm. This is a brilliant idea. And every company that we are in touch with this is a great idea it's a brilliant mm. business so we're like right well they're all qualifying it and then we've got some good income coming in now so that's also qualifying it so there's nothing to grumble about I just I know I'm going to get there so in a year's time yeah we'll have a little check in yeah yeah what day a, 20th of November 20th of November <laughs> little check in